Ladies and gentle people, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate it or who take part in the Christmas sales. Of course, welcome back. After so many months, a brand new episode of Fate's Filmy Fridays. Of course, I'm yours truly, Filmy Fate, your co, your not co, sorry, your host and your dose, which means friend in the Indian languages. Uh, of course, this is Fate's Filmy Fridays, the show where I get together with my filmy friends to talk about the filmy things going on in the world of entertainment. However, uh, it's kind of changed now, so I'm going to get into that, uh, but uh, this is the show where well, we discuss uh, my viewings of certain uh, pieces of content that I haven't experienced and viewed before that I should have, but I didn't because, you know, I've been living under a rock for the last 15 years, and I finally started living five years ago. So, uh, anyways, we got we to gotta get into this because we got a lot going on, but um, of course, the show wouldn't be complete without the one, the only... The gyrate bully manatee himself, Sean Restivo. What's going on, my dudes and dudettes? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. How, how are you doing, Sean? How are you doing? You know, I'm it doesn't surviving. matter how you're doing because we're doing. Oh, damn. <laughs> All damn. right. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, pulled, <laughs> I, I pulled the rock on you. I pulled it. Yes. I did it. Um, it's about power. I was, um, sorry. I was, I was watching a documentary about, uh, you know, uh, the rock. Xbox, and uh, the, there was oh. the clip of him being at, uh, there was a clip of him very mellow, being very mellow about it, and like telling Bill Gates, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't Bill matter Gates. how you doing, Bill Gates. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, people. We're back at it again. Uh, there are a lot of changes that I, uh, there are some big changes that I want to discuss. Uh, starting with um, this show, I don't think we're going to talk about news stories because I feel like uh, due to the other change, I think it's only going to be a show about um, our binges and what we what we've been watching. So no film news stories. So here's the big change of Fate's Film Fridays. Uh, for those who don't know. For those who haven't been with us since the start, um, I have recently decided to change my major and change my career path from filmmaking to game development. Um, a lot of people might think like, whoa, Fate, are you okay? Are you doing okay? How's your mental health? Um, my mental health is perfectly fine. In fact, it's really tired because uh i passed my semester which is a very big surprise but at the same time i'm really proud of myself uh but and it, it's been really interesting because i i passed my semester and on the friday of the of that finals week i got to go see spider-man no way home the biggest surprise and we're well, not the biggest surprise but the biggest gift of all of my hard work so uh, you know it didn't all go to waste and uh but uh, I'm going off track. I digress. Let me get back on track here. Uh, Sean and I, even though Sean is really committed and he's willing to do this anytime, uh, for my own well-being and for my own, you know, mind's sake, um, I'm deciding that Fatale's Filming Fridays will no longer take place every two weeks. It'll actually be taking once a month. Uh, I feel like this is best for both me and Sean, even though Sean is willing to do it whenever. Uh, however, I have uh, a film... Uh, a short film that I have to edit for the film festival this uh, this year. I have um, a trilogy that I've a trilogy of short films that I'm apparently writing, uh, 
and acting in. And um, once again, the game development. I don't know where I'm going to be in, and that's why I want to get my head in the game. Also, this semester, I am going to apply for a job. I'm not, uh, because I've, I haven't had a job since 13 Reasons Why, so I need to, I just need to dive into it. I can't, yeah. It's, I haven't had a job for like two years. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, I mean, uh, but no, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm considering applying uh, for a job just so I can be ready for when I go to uh, uh, uni. So I, I, cause I've never lived away from my parents and I've never lived by myself. So like, the idea of it is a bit overwhelming, so I want to prepare myself. Also, uh, a less stressful and, uh, you know, adult situation. Um, I also have a lot of games in my library, and since I'm going into game development, it only makes sense that I play a lot of video games. And uh, just uh, just last night, I finished my second playthrough of the story of LEGO Marvel Super Heroes 1. Uh, which is one of the best Marvel games ever. So, uh, yeah, now I'm going to 100% it. I'm going to get the, uh, I'm going to platinum it. And then I'm going to move on to, uh, I don't know whether I'm going to do, I've got a bunch of Lego games, Sean. I also have Persona 5 Royal. I've also got Bloodborne. I'm going to get Horizon Forbidden West in February. Uh, I also got a shit ton of games on here. I'm going to start playing The Witcher. Um, God, I have so many games I could get into, but I'll leave it for later on if, if we got the time. But, uh, you, you all see, get the point. I've got three games I play. Okay, go ahead. Kingdom Hearts. Of course. Assassin's Creed. 2K. Yes. <laughs> what, what do you think of that, uh, what do you think of that crossover in AC Valhalla? Uh, I played all of it. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be a bigger deal. It was, like, kind of underwhelming. Like, yeah. the first one that takes place in, in Odyssey is, like, Okay, where where is this going? I don't like when is, when is Avor gonna show up? And then when I played it in Valhalla, I was like, okay, so Cassandra showing up in Valhalla, and it's this weird like, yeah, it, it's like very short, and it's like, come on, guys, you could have done a little bit more with this. Like, I'm mean, not expecting a whole I mean, game. The idea, yeah, I know you updated it for free. But... The idea is there, but it wasn't <laughs> fully cooked. Um, no. Yeah, also, it was a free update though. So you can't really complain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, also, I heard they're work. Uh, we're not her. I know that they're working on a Splinter Cell remake. Ooh, does that? Yes. Does that uh, tingle your whatever? Not really. I not played really? one Splinter okay. Cell game. Okay. That's but back to movies. Yeah, back to <laughs> movies. Thank you, Sean. For once, you actually want to stay on track and not get us off track. Um, Literally. Uh, you know what? Since the, uh, like I said, we're only gonna do this once a month. I think it's right that we do this the the film taste filming Friday way. It's time to grab that drink, Sean. And I think he's frozen. No, he's not. Time to grab that drink. I know it's twelve. Okay, so I'm not I'm not drinking alcohol because I literally like a lot of alcohol for two days and I was throwing up. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not getting alcohol, but. I'll get I'll get my Just because water I say drink here. doesn't mean alcohol, Sean. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> uh by the way, while we do this, give me one quick moment. I can actually pause the recording. This is the blessing of doing this on a recording. So let me record this and let me go get a drink.
We're now back on the air, as you can see. Uh, for those who are, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. For those who are listening, I've got an A and W, which surprisingly, you know what? I've come to conclusion, A and W root beer is better than Dr Pepper. I'm just gonna say it. I don't think so. Hmm. Well, maybe better than Doctor. No, Doctor Pepper is better. I don't even think A and W is the best root beer. Wow. Okay. I mean, unless if (laughs) maybe I'm just not an expert in root beers. So, but Barks is the best. I have no idea what that. Oh wait, I think I know what you're talking about. I'll I'll give it a try. The the gray one. Yeah. Uh. So, (laughs) going back on track. Uh, we've got our beverages and, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to get right into this. Of course, we're going to, this entire episode and the, the future episodes are going to be basically just the binge report, which is my report or basically an entire list of, of thoughts on, on films and TV that I've seen in the past couple of months or, the, or ever since the last or ever since the previous episode, which was... <laughs> When was it? When was the last episode? I think it was on my birthday. I it was on your birthday that- and I wasn't there because I was moving. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw 30 fucking films. I thought 30 films for you, Sean. Do you want, do you want me to remind you what there. I saw? I'm not going to read out like my notes, but do you want to hear what I had seen? You saw a lot of stuff, but you can name, you can name them. That'll, that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw... Oh boy, this is going to be fun. Uh, I saw Interstellar... All of Breaking Bad, El Camino, Risky Business, Jerry Maguire, Amelie, The Hateful Eight, uh, Jackie Brown, Goodfellas, The Lighthouse, Midnight in Paris, The Adventures of Tintin, uh, The The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, Fast Time at Ridmont High, uh, The Sixth Sense, Snatch. Unbreakable, Memento, Les Miserables, Raging (laughs) Bull, (laughs) uh, The Suicide Squad, Logan, Hail Caesar. I I saw The Suicide Squad in theater. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Insomnia, Tron, A Star is Born. Oh, the original Tron? The original Tron, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, boy. Yes. Some okay. people might even say, I might even say the best Tron. It is the best one. Yeah. Uh, Citizen Kane. <laughs> I saw Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, dude. All right. That's cool. <laughs> now you're just wishing like you were there, weren't you? <laughs> well, with Citizen Kane, I'm just like, that doesn't seem like it'd be your movie. But so I'm like, it's good you saw it. <laughs> hey, listen, in the, in the, in the words of, of Peyton Cords. If you want to get into filmmaking, you got to watch all the films, but I'm not in filmmaking anymore. So it's like, I'm not even watching all the films anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, uh, the last three are uh, The Wizard of Oz, Free Guy, and 2001 A Space Odyssey. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All rounding around. 2001 A Space Odyssey is another like movie I wouldn't think that you would like. I, to be fair, to be fair, um, I, w- I was a bit disappointed. I understand the hype. Uh, back in the day when it released and i'm sure it's a great like historical moment however today i'm just i was confused the movie was confusing i don't necessarily think it's 
bad. I just think it's confusing. Well, as like what somebody told me about 2001 A Space Odyssey, it's one of the most boring movies you'll ever watch. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah no so there you have it i saw 31 <laughs> things last time and guess guess how many do i have this time sean 30 close 32 that's correct yeah, yeah yeah there you go um anyways that's but, a lot of movies yeah, and that is a lot of movies and a lot of shows. Uh, but anyways, oh, this is so exciting, Sean. I I can't show you right now. However, um, okay, okay, I'm I'm just gonna show you. I'm just gonna show you. I'll show I'll show it to you afterwards. So then you'll know how cool it is. But ladies and gentlemen, people, let's get right into the binge report. Yes. I can't remember if I, I can't remember if I had any uh, um cool intro to that but i'll work on it right i'll work I don't on think it you did. i don't know but um gosh this is gonna be so interesting uh but anyways uh the first item on the binge report after such a long time sean the first item on the binge report is bbc's dracula I can't even talk about that. <laughs> I know. I know you can't talk about it. So you got to listen to me now. Uh, Literally. But don't worry. I'm not going to ramble on. I've got notes here. This is, uh, I saw all three episodes. Let's get into it. Uh, okay. I very much enjoyed the series. Uh, it's a limited series from two of my favorite writers, Mark Gaines and Stephen Moffat. Uh, even though I had heard that the third and final episode was, wasn't that great, I still watched the series regardless. And being the optimistic viewer that I am, I still enjoyed it. Uh, I could definitely tell it wasn't a, as jaw-dropping as the first two episodes, but the finale was really good. Uh, a lot of people had a problem with Moffat and Gaze bringing Dracula to the present time. I could see why, uh, although... I have little to no knowledge of the original stories of Dracula, so this really didn't bother me. If uh, if I didn't have a problem with Sherlock being in the modern day or Doctor Who, then obviously Dracula being in the present wasn't going to be a problem for me. Uh, in the end, I kind of wish there were more episodes, though I'm glad it was only three episodes and it didn't overstay its welcome. Plus, who knows what could happen in the future? I mean, look at Good Omens. And for okay. those and for those who don't know, and for those who have no idea what I'm talking about when I mention Good Omens, Good Omens, um, Neil Gaiman said that there was only going to be one season, and now they're coming out with a second season. So you never know. Wait, what was did Neil Gaiman direct the movie, or did he write Good Omens? I, I, he wrote it. Okay, yeah, interesting. Because I, I, the only thing I really know Neil Gaiman for is Coraline. Oh, I haven't seen <laughs> yeah, Coraline. He, he, he wrote Coraline. Um, but, uh, like, he wrote the book. He didn't write the movie. Oh, I see. But, uh, yeah, Coraline is a movie, I think, that you should watch, even if you're uh, you're afraid of the spooky, scary. Well, I mean, I've seen some scary movies, but if you say it's good, I'll watch it. It is um, good. But anyways, yeah. Um... I guess we can move on to the next item. I don't. I. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, 
Uh, I look, you know me. At this point, I can call myself an Anglophile because literally anything that's set in in the UK or is content from the UK, like there's this movie uh, with Michael Sheen uh, called uh, The Last Train to Christmas, and it's only on Sky Cinema, which is like a channel in uh, the UK, and it's not out here. So like, I'm just sitting here, just completely like. I want to watch this so bad, but I can't because it's not in this fucking country. But yeah, uh, but yeah, you get what I mean. I'm an anglophile. I love my British, uh, I guess, content. I guess not content, but like British-made content on te- like television and movies. Like I love The Kingsman, despite the fact that Kingsman Two is not that great. But I love The Kingsman, uh, and honestly, Kingsman Two is underrated. Everybody just doesn't really? like it because they was they they think it's a Home Alone too, where it's just the same movie, but you know just different different fucking like coloring. But um, I, I think The Kingsman Two is underrated. Like, is it as good as the? F- no, no, but it's not. It's not awful. It's not bad. Oh yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I I spent money on both of the films on iTunes. I mean, that says something. But yeah, no, I I love both of them, and I really wanted to see The King's Man, but you know, all the shits is going on. I can't go watch it, so I'll be watching it <laughs> later on. And they're working at King's. I Marie, mean, so. if I if I want to go see a movie, I'm gonna go see the movie. I mean, that's, that's that's the way me. to do it. That is the way to do it, but, you know. Uh, anyways, uh, shall we move on to the next item on the binge report, Sean? Uh, sure. Okay, that's buddy. Cool. Alrighty, the next item on the binge report, or should I go by numbers, or should I just say the next item? Does it matter? Does it even matter? And number two. Yeah, uh, just say number two, or number um, three, or whatever. Alrighty then. Well, the second item on the binge report is sex education. Oh yeah, that's right. I, you you told me you were watching that. Yeah. Uh, did you watch all three seasons or just the t- I did. first two? Okay. I did. Cool. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah. Do you, do you want to talk about it first, or do you want me to talk about it? I'll I'll say a few things. I think uh, this is interesting because I was um. I was watching Sex Education Season 3 the same time I was watching Big Mouth. And so I watched Sex Education before Big Mouth. But um, I thought, like, you know, it's very, it's a very humorous um, setup. It's like the child of a sex therapist begins giving sex therapy to his high school friends. And this high school just sort of coincidentally becomes very sex positive, very... Uh, like, you know, very uh, um, in tune with, like, you know, just sex in general. Mm. And uh, it's very funny. It's very uh, <laughs> it's very uh, ironic that this, this virgin protagonist has all this knowledge about sex and sort of, like, <laughs> he's able to get other people who have had sex laid more, and he just can't even get himself laid. Yeah, well, I think. I want to just interrupt you right there, and then you can continue. But like, I like <laughs> to relate myself to Otis, not in sex, but like in like relationship advice. I because I'm the romantic in this household, so it's like when someone was like having issues, they'd be like, "What should I do?" And I was like, "You know, I mean, be honest. I mean, 
you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. So like, I, yeah. I felt really well. Also, may I say this, this is also technically considered British television. So it is. So yeah, I was it, like, this will be good for me, but you continue, Sean, you were talking about. It. Oh, no. So, um, yeah. So I think the first two seasons of this show are very interesting. They're very like, like, they're, they're very quirky and they're very entertaining. Where I have a problem with this show is the third season. Mm. <clears throat> I think the I think the whole plot or the whole like it's not running on this sort of like quirkiness or like it, it, the the first two seasons got it pretty much like milked it for all it could. The third season it just all starts to get really old for me. Like yeah. it's pretty obvious what's gonna happen. It's just like all right, this person's gonna get mad at this person because this person didn't respond within two seconds of um them texting because their phone died and they're going to be mad at each other and it's going to cause one person to cheat and then this person's going to like i could see it all coming because like it's just very um it's very uh tip like typical melodrama mm. and i just felt they went a little bit too much far with the cliche which is why i bought up big mouth so big mouth is like sort of like sex education but worse as in like worse oh. i mean like dirtier and it's with middle school kids, so it's like it's a cartoon, but it's just very, very inappropriate. But I found the to parallel in sort of like how they were using cliches. But I think cl the only reason why Big Mouth I think does this better don't fucking hold back with the the nastiness. Mm. Which I don't want such education to do that. But I just was like sort of comparing it to that show because I was watching them both around the same time. Um, but yeah, so essentially, I think the first two seasons of Sex Education are great. Yeah. Uh, the third season just disappointed me a little bit. <laughs> okay. That's fair. And, and and once again, everyone, I, I just want everyone to know that whoever's watching this show or whoever, you know, whoever's in the film community, I do want everyone to know that all films and television is subjective. Everyone has an opinion. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yes, uh, for sure. But My, anyway, I, yeah. I'm a very hardened, I'm a very hardened, like uh critical soul when it comes to yeah. film <laughs> yeah we, yeah yeah I've, I've realized that over the few months yeah okay the the character the the the, the character development on this show is real yes it is it is i i, I like just the way that like mave and otis even eric and like uh adam mm. like those four like go through some fucking journeys in this show yeah. which is really it's really nice to see and that's, again, why I didn't really like season three, because it seems like all of them, like, hit this really fucking, like, brick wall. Like, all of them at the same time hit this wall, and they go backwards, and then they, like, get back to where they were at the beginning of the season. So it just doesn't feel like they went anywhere. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, by the way, everyone, I want everyone to know, I, I'm sorry that I didn't bring this up, but since this is going to be edited by me, I want everyone to know that if... I know this is so late into this, but for those who don't know, if you haven't seen Sex Education yet, because I think I'm going to get into a bit of spoilers here. So if you haven't seen Sex, Sex Education and you're wanting to see it, but you haven't had the chance, I'm now going to add chapters for the items on the binge report. So now you can skip through and you can just skip to the next item on the binge report if you haven't seen Sex Education. Uh, so... Don't worry about spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. But anyways, I'm going to get into my notes now, Sean. Um, okay. 
Okay, so this so it's a I have two notes. One is for like the first and second, I think, and the second one is for season three. Uh, okay, Netflix is like a bag of trail mix. It's sometimes difficult to find an M M&M and M and all that salty, salty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good analogy. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so just finished the first season, moving on to the second, and I've got to say, I really like this show so far. The series mm-hmm. isn't just about sex. It's so much more than that, and I'd even put this under the UK version of Skins. Yeah, I, I'd I, say so. I, 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 I don't think I'm going to trigger anyone, and even you, if by saying that I don't think sex education is as great as Skins. However, I would put it, it it's close. It's very close, and it's very they're very similar in sort of their like the thing is about sets education is that it focuses primarily on the relationships of high schoolers mm-hmm. while skins covers a lot more things, and skins is able to cover all those things very like skillfully, very tactically. It doesn't feel like one has more than the other, so I just think the reason why skins has it over such education in my opinion at least is just because they're able to cover so much more and it's able to like sort of i don't know it's just able to convey more where such education it's like it's mostly just about that one thing and that's great like they they do it very well but um yeah i think i think you get it (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i understand um yeah but yeah uh you know uh I, I, I yeah you you are right the, the the first and second seasons are really good because it, it the, the tension is there and it's consistent and i really like that for a show like this um but anyways i'm gonna move on to my second note this is for season three so season three is here uh i believe the aspect ratio imitating season five of peaking blenders uh <laughs> otis and ruby are a thing uh ruby keeps a dog in a locker what the fuck <laughs> oh, i mean that's that's just it's just satire it's funny like you know just just conveying how sh- shallow her character can be <laughs> i i honestly don't know what i was writing i don't know what i was thinking when i was writing this uh i think this is starting off with the message of uh being self-appreciative uh adam is starting to change and i love it just finished season eight Gosh, was this season good? Yes. Would I say it's great? That's questionable. I might have to watch it again to really to give you a, a, a an answer for that. A, a nuanced, uh, a complete yeah uh, I, review. I I, the, I I understand, but I the thing is okay. Now I'm gonna get into spoilers here. Okay, so so um. I can't remember their names because you know Eric. Well, okay, so there, yeah, there's Otis, Maeve, Eric, Adam, uh, Amy, Jackson, and those are basically the main ones. <laughs> and Ruby. And Ruby. And well, Ruby, kind of. Um, and I mean, yes, Lily is a big part of this, but um, yeah, but essentially, like those those characters that we just named, those are the main ones. <laughs> uh. Okay, although, sure, this is for the show, and this is for the series, and maybe it's going to be, like, uh, better developed, or not better developed, but it, it'll be more focused on in, in the next season. First of all, the fact that 
Eric just breaks up with Adam is just the the wildest thing. Like Adam is changing, and then Eric just decides to. Like, and I get it. Breakups happen all the time, but like in this situation, I'm just like. Ah. It, it just feels very rushed because, like, at the end of season, like this big thing that like Eric chooses Adam over. Um, I forget the French guy's name, but the French guy and freaking like it's just this big thing and then you get like half of this season which is yeah raheem that's his name and then you get like half of the season is which is like and it just progressively throughout the whole season they just kind of abandoned it and it's just like you know give them at least like one season to like be together like it just feels like they go from like great to like fighting because fucking adam doesn't know how to say that he wants it in the butt and then fucking all of a sudden like eric's in nigeria and adam like loses his phone because he takes the he he gets in trouble with the headmaster so he doesn't have his phone so eric texts him and then adam can't get back immediately so eric's like i'm gonna fuck a dude in nigeria and it's like like why are you making these choices it's like like why can't you just calm the fuck down for a second like, you know, like, just give, like, you know, you can have these conflicts, but why are you trying to push it out as fast as you can? It's like, I didn't really like it, but like, yeah. you know, some people might be in there for that relationship drama. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then the second, which I, I think it's a great payoff, but at the same time, I, <laughs> or not even great. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Sean. I'm not going to try and like sugarcoat anything. I thought it wasn't as satisfying of a payoff so maven maven otis get together and then at the very end of the season it is revealed that she's going to america right just as they're about to get just as they get together and you know you know you know this shit is gonna happen you know that okay maybe it's gonna find someone else there's gonna be tension and then maybe it's (laughs) gonna be a thing where like she is gonna show loyalty and she's still gonna be with otis but like then it just makes otis is gonna go with like somebody else or someone I know, and it's, oh my god. Oh my god, it's just... And here's the thing, like, I'll compare this, and I think that's why sort of Skins wanted to do that, like, two-season new class, two-season new class, that sort of thing. Right, Because, like, Skins is the same thing. Like, you know, fucking Tony and Michelle are like, all right, yeah, we want to be together, and then all of a sudden, like, like, they have to split up. Like, they have to go to different schools. And then Sid's also going to America and all that stuff. So it's like they're splitting apart. But it feels so much more satisfying in Skins because they don't continue it. Where in, like, sex education, you know they're going to continue it. And it's going to be, like, it's just going to be disappointing. Also, the fact that, like, you know, like, you actually get to see Tony and Michelle together for, like, more than a minute. <laughs> right. Well, you actually feel something for this relationship where in such education, it's just a cock tease for three fucking seasons. And then she's like, I'm going to go to America. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, really? <laughs> right now? It's, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you're right. It, this wasn't great. I think it was still a, a good I think it was, I, just me being optimistic, I think this season was good, but I don't necessarily think it was as great as the first two. I don't think it was bad. I just thought it was disappointing in comparison to the other two seasons. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, there we go. Also, 
I oh gosh, that that end scene, the last scene where Sid is in a, like, isn't he like in America and he's looking for Cassie? Yeah, he's like, looking for Cassie. Oh man, well, still gets the me. thing is, is so in in the sort of like weird like season seven where they like wrap up some stories. I think it was for Effie, Cassie, and somebody that you didn't watch. Um, they make the insinuation that she did meet up with Sid and that they like traveled America and stuff, but then like. They just split apart or something like that. Mm. They make that insinuation, which is cool, but, like, you know, it would have been really cool if you could see it, but I can understand. It's fine not seeing it and just being like, oh, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to back to the discussion on sex education. I mean, I mean that was it. One. I mean, I, okay. I I really don't have any. I don't really don't have anything to say. I think sex education is a really good show. Yes, and I agree. I do look forward to it. So, just another reason for me to keep Netflix, I guess. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I feel like uh, something that I've been realizing that like Netflix is like one of the streaming services that you just have to have at this point. It's yeah, like, and I mean they do have a lot of fucking dog shit, but oh yeah, like you know, there's there's just that that one little fucking ruby in the dog shit. Always like, yeah. okay, yeah, this was this was amazing. <laughs> um, I, I, I was gonna save this for later, but like I'm in the middle of uh, season one of Daredevil. Oh, it's really good. Oh man. yeah, it's yeah. really good, man. I remember I watched Daredevil when it first came out, and then I watched the second season, and then I didn't watch any. Then I didn't watch the third season or any other like Jessica Jones or any like thing like that. Oh, it, I just gave up. <laughs> just didn't like it. Well, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just it got very plotting and it got very like slow. But Daredevil is always, I'll always watch Daredevil. I didn't know that there was a third season. And again, like, you know, I'll go over this later, but like, you know, yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah, there's yeah. a secret surprise yeah, yeah, yeah. something we're going to talk about yeah, yeah. pertaining to Daredevil yeah. that I got really excited for. <laughs> also, I'm also in the middle of, uh, I just watched the first episode of season two of The Witcher. So there's that. Too. Oh, I need to watch that. I need to watch that. Yeah. Came out and I got super excited. You know, it's hilarious <laughs> because I actually, for one of my, uh, for one of my uh, play tests that we do uh, in history of games class, uh, we had to play a game from like 2015, and I did I couldn't find any other game uh, except for The Witcher Three. So I decided to boot that thing up, and I actually played for a couple hours. So like, it's really fun. But uh, you know, um, now, Sean, we we were talking about some underrated gems uh, recently mm -hmm. earlier in the episode in the episode. I want to talk about yes. another underrated gem to me, at least. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, people, the third item on the binge report is Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Now, for those who don't know, uh, this is a BBC America show. Never heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> of course you don't, because, you know, I'm the only guy who watches BBC shows. Um, yeah, gosh, I, you know, I feel like well, it's. I mean, Dominic Jones might watch BBC. Ah. <laughs> Not as much as I do. I mean, he probably he, not as much, but yeah. like his dad probably like is like, oh yeah, watch this thing on the BBC. I just, you know what? I mean, I know this. <laughs> is the, I know we're just talking about shows right now, but I feel like at some point I'm just gonna go to the UK, stay for like a month. Yeah, and you I'll should. Actually, I'll just honestly, I'll just wake up, turn on my television, and there it will be. I don't have to go on any streaming services. I don't have to go on anything. It'll just be on my TV, well, and it'll be fun. It'll be great. But I don't recommend that you do that, but I do recommend you go 
Because that's what I did. Oh, yeah. And it was I, awesome. <laughs> I'm not only going to go there for that. I mean, don't be ridiculous, but like, you know, still. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it'd be nice to see the, 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 the Torchwood monument. It'd be so nice to see that. I wouldn't even know where that is. So It's in Wales. Oh, I didn't go to Wales. Hmm. I went to Scotland and I went to England. <laughs> well, well, I, well, not, well, actually, to be fair, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency is a BBC America show. It's not a BBC show. It's a BBC America show. So we, so we can stay in the American zone here. America zone. Oh, uh, anyways. America zone. Anyway. Fuck yeah. All right. Well. Okay. <laughs> so two seasons of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Each season is a different, uh, is, a, is a different story. Uh, here's what I wrote. It's so confusing, but I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, so I just finished the second season, and the fact that the show got canceled is a crime. In my opinion, it's such an underrated show. Like I said before, confusing, uh, oh. Uh, like I said, sorry. Like I said, like like I said before, the show is confusing every episode, but I couldn't stop watching. Uh, the show is mysterious, confusing, hilarious, exciting, wholesome, and most importantly, wild. It's not just a detective show; it's a sci-fi detective. Sh it's a sci-fi detective show, and for that, I've put Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency under Sherlock. That's how much oh, okay. I love it. That's how much I love. Nice. It. Um, okay. Cool. 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 So yeah. Cool story, bro. Yeah. I. I, I mean. I mean. I don't know if you have Hulu or not, but you, you should check it out. I do not have Hulu. Okay. Well. If. Well. If you run into it, you should. Uh, you should definitely look into it because it has. If I can. I can remember his name. He's one of the like. One of the most important people on this earth, Elijah Wood. It has Elijah Wood in the. In the it's show. got Frodo Baggins. It's got Frodo Baggins. Uh, so yeah, that's basically it. I um, I I've uh, we've recently decided we made the decision of buying a 4K Blu-ray player. So uh, in a couple of months or whatever, when I actually get a job, I'm actually gonna buy the seasons on Blu-ray because. First of all, this is one of the reasons why I bought a Blu-ray player is because of the fact that I'm not going to... First of all, we can't continue to pay for streaming services because once I go to uni, that's it. We're going to cancel our internet and we're going to switch to it. Do you know how many streaming services I have? I have two. Netflix and Fubo for spurts. Okay. Fubo is pretty expensive. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's like sixty dollars a month. <laughs> Ugh, yikes! Okay, um, I, I I split it with my sister. Oh, that's fair. That way, it's only thirty dollars a month, which is still pretty bad. But <laughs> that's why I don't have any other streaming yeah, you, services. You got to You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Honestly, I enjoy watching sports like above anything else like you if you ask my brother like he'll be like hey sean you want you just kind of warriors are playing i can't go the warriors are playing <laughs> <laughs> yeah man oh okay yeah uh we, we can discuss basketball afterwards after the show but uh anyways Literally. they're gently's 
Holistic Detective Agency. So much fun. I love it so much. If you haven't seen it, if you have Hulu, go check it out. Otherwise, whatever. Now let's. Now we're gonna get into some spicy, Sean. Now this this is a pretty fat one. This is a pretty fat one. I got I got a lot of notes for these. Is it something I've seen? It is something you've seen, ladies and gentlemen. People. Oh my god! Ladies and gentlemen, people. The fourth item on the binge report is Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I read so my notes first because I feel like I got a yeah, lot go ahead, here. Go ahead, go I got ahead, a go lot ahead, of go notes ahead. here, so I gotta, I gotta get all these done. So, but I'll let you talk yeah. afterwards. So, uh, I got five notes for five seasons. Here we go. Uh, first season, first impressions. This show is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, music, literally. The music is very good. It's badass. It's heartbreaking. It's thrilling. It's gritty. And most importantly, to me specifically, and for many people, it's British, John. It's British. Yes. Like, really fucking British. Which I absolutely love for the weirdest reason. But about <laughs> what I just listed, this was just season one. I can't oh. wait to continue watching. You only saw season one? No, I, because at the end of every season, oh, I wrote a note. Oh, this is the note. The so, note. This yeah, is the yeah, note. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't call me. I, listen, I, if I was going to get into Peaky Blinders, I was going to watch all of it. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. uh, so now I'm going to move on to season two now. So uh, just season. Yeah. So excited, Sean. Jesus. Uh, just finished season two. Excited for season three. Uh, by the way, once again, spoilers. So if anyone hasn't seen it, you can just skip to the next one. Uh, but uh, I love the addition of Tom Hardy to the cast. I think that this season was great yes. because it was just as good as the first season. Same details. Uh, although I love that we got to explore the lives of specific characters. Oh, why did I say although? I don't know. Uh, let me just say that again, just so it doesn't sound weird. Uh, I love that we got to explore the lives of specific characters. For example, Polly and her children, or Arthur and his depression slash cocaine addiction. Uh, and that's the thing. And this isn't just Tommy's, uh, Tommy Shelby's story. It's the story of the Peaky Blinders. Uh, though I will, uh, point out that I think Helen, um, McCrory, sorry if I mispronounced that. This, oh God, I feel so bad. Though... I will point out that I think Helen McCrory, may she rest in peace, shined in this season. Uh, like I said before, uh, the season takes folk takes the focus in direct. Gosh, I'm so excited, Sean. I can't tell you. I got months <laughs> of excitement in me. Like I said before, the season takes the focus and directs it at just some of small yet important things that make up an even bigger thing. Uh, a quick side note, I think one of the many reasons why I love Peaky Blinder is that it kind of has the same vibe that I saw in Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Not, not like, I mean, the, gentle, the Gentleman also had, like, weird-ass moments. The whole fucking squad would breakdance and stuff, but... Um, <laughs> I, I can see what you mean. Yeah. Uh... Okay, so now let's move on to season three then. Uh, you got anything? Um, well, I will say about the first two seasons. Honestly, there's not like tons of plot in the first two seasons. Like, you know, they do have their own little self-contained plot. But if you watch the first two seasons, it feels like you're literally just watching like a movie about like a British gang or a gypsy gang as they are i didn't know they were gypsies until like <laughs> i don't even understand <laughs> like the whole gypsy conversation so 
Apparently, like they, they they are gypsy. They are like Romani. They speak Romani and all that stuff. But oh, that's it. That's not the hero there. But um, it's very, it's very interesting. It's like it's like essentially, if you just want to like put on like a Godfather style like television show, this is the closest thing, the closest thing that you can get. It's like literally just all like like just them doing mob stuff. And it's like it's really cool. I think where you when you get to season three, four, and five, that's like they all have their little self-contained stories, but they all connect a little bit better, which I think is uh, that's what kind of makes the show. But uh, yeah, season one and two, they they're a great start to this sort of uh, this story that wind unwinds. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so moving on to season three. Uh, two episodes in, and I'm already caught by surprise. Uh, okay, so I just finished season three. I believe that this season was about pain. Pain that comes from living the life that they live. Arthur is adorable. Tatiana is fucking annoying. Two episodes in, Tommy loses grace. Michael becomes uh, more a gangster like the others. And the ending, oh my goodness, the ending. Yes, the ending is amazing of season three. Um, yo, you know who, like, my favorite characters in the show are? Fucking John and his wife. <laughs> I love both of them. They're so fucking funny. And you know who his wife was, right? You know who his wife was? Hang on, hang on, She hang was on. in something that you saw. Hang on, let she me... was in something that you've seen, Fate. John and who? Hang on. John and his wife. I don't, I don't remember his wife's name. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> it's her from fucking Skins. Of course I know. Also, fun fact, also from Luther, by the way. By the way, from Luther. Oh, is she? Yeah. She is a very good actress. And I think, like, in Skins, she's just fucking annoying. And it's like, why are you even here? You're just annoying. But in here, she's like, actually shows how good actress she is. So, mm-hmm. like, I was like, all right, yeah, you're cool. You're cool. Mm. <laughs> I don't hate you anymore. Oh yeah, but but yeah, no, I agree. John and Esme are hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. good lord, gosh, season six. I think John, the kid, the guy who plays John, is in like the season of Skins. I think he is. I think he, <laughs> it says he plays Luke. I haven't seen. Honestly, after the two seasons, I haven't seen a single season of Skins. So yeah, and that's fine. Like the the rest of it isn't like mandatory to watch it's just the first two seasons mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but anyways uh is it is it a bad thing that i don't remember what happens at the end of season three because I, i've seen a lot well, i've been through a lot sean is season three of peaky blinders yeah you don't remember mm-hmm. what well, basically what happens at the end is um and i might be missing some like details but tommy essentially like sells his whole family out like john arthur oh. michael and polly are arrested so like and because he like he he like just so like the family could like something like just so he wasn't in trouble like so the the gang wasn't in trouble or something he sold out like all four of them and right. um yeah essentially right. that's what happened fuck <laughs> okay I, don't worry i trust me here's here's one of the things I don't want to call it a curse, but this is one of the things about being filming for Tay and doing all these binges and stuff is that I never get a chance to go back and rewatch something unless if it's for a review review. So I, I, I'm definitely going to go back and watch Peaky Blinders again, but I just feel like I, I just continue to watch other things and then I forget the plot of some, 
some shows. So like, yeah, yeah. I feel. But anyways, uh, let's move on to season four. Uh, I believe this was the most clever season of the show. Maybe even confusing. This one's my favorite. It's my favorite because the Italian. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you kill my father. And then you left my mother alive. Isn't that was he, your isn't mistake. He in the French Dispatch. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. He's in a lot of Wes Anderson films. Yeah, like Adrian Brody is one of his like collaborators. Oh yeah. But uh, he's like, yeah, your biggest mistake was leaving my mother alive. She organized this whole thing against you. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also like how it like shaked out and like. Honestly, Tom Hardy in this whole fucking show is, like, he's the best. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, dude's just, like, somebody walks up to him and he's like, will you help me take down the Shelby's? And he's like, fuck it, let's do it, I'm a Jew. (laughs) 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 And then, like, fucking Tommy comes up to him he's like, yo, bro, what are you doing? He's like, fuck you, Tommy, but I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help you take him down. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i I just love i just love tom hardy in this season and in the whole show oh yeah (laughs) yeah it's definitely one of his best best roles it's one of them (laughs) um and that and that's the thing is that you get to see his like fun side you know like i sure we have venom but like that piggy blinders isn't even like like venom isn't even close to what piggy blinders is well venom is just like it's it's supposed to just be fun. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about Tom's Hardy per, uh, Tom Hardy's oh, yeah, performance yeah, yeah. though. I'm not talking about the story or anything. Yeah. I, I mean just Tom Hardy and Venom, he just talks like he's got brain damage. He's just like, I you know Venom. Venom. Anyways, okay, I'm I'm getting off track here. Really? Okay. Uh still on season four. In all honesty. Uh, it might just be confusing to me due to the fact that I didn't binge it the way I do, and I was in the middle of Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, but still, the show. Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, like they say, they had us in the first half. Not gonna lie. I think Arthur's fake death was more impactful than John's. John is a good character, but not as good as Arthur's. Tommy's go- Tommy's going into politics. Honestly, I kind of saw that coming, having seen this type of situation in Bollywood gang movies. And there you go. I know. Okay, so I remember this. I remember when they're when they're in the fucking what is it? That boiler room or something? And Arthur comes out of nowhere, and it's revealed that he's still alive, and he's just fucking just. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. You go. I go. My process. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, when John fucking died, I was really upset because I was just like, no! My favorite character. But then, mm. like, I also thought Arthur died, so I was like, damn, so it's just Tommy left. And then Arthur was the one who survived, and I was like, I fucking hate Arthur, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. He's like the worst one. But whatever, it's fine. I I would have much rather had Arthur die than John, <laughs> but I think that that was the point. Arthur killing Arthur, John. Arthur's wife was kind of annoying. Arthur's Arthur's wife is super annoying, and she like I know she tries to kill Tommy at some point, yeah. and I can't remember why. But I think it's just because she t- he got Arthur back in the fucking gang shit, and she's like, I don't want you to be in the gang shit. You 
<laughs> it's like no, okay. I think it's because they were moving. I don't think it was because there was, or maybe I don't know. Because they were moving. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I can't Honestly, remember. she was just really fucking shit. <laughs> but I think that was a point, though. So I mean, that's fair. Uh, but anyways. By the way, uh, I just want to point out that Ghost of Tsushima, I finished it, and man, is it a game. It's a good game. Ghost of Tsushima. Dude, I can't wait for the movie, though. Will there be a movie? There is a movie. Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah. I've been playing the Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. I, I have yet to go back and play the DLC, the, the Iki Island. Let's see, so stay tuned for that. Um, I don't even know what that is. So yeah, it was part of the um, the direct director's uh, cut of the game. So there you go. Uh, okay. Anyways, I will. Okay, so I will say season four was my favorite. Season five, I can't even fucking remember what happened. I know. I know Michael comes back from New York after he loses a bunch of money for the Shelby's and the stock exchange. Right. Um, and then he tries to take over the gang. And I'm like, okay. And that's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, season five is just very not memorable. Mm. In yeah. my opinion. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's the most recent, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh, but it's, if it's the most recent and I can remember more about season four and season three than I can season five, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, guys. That's That's <laughs> uh, anyways, season five. Here we go. Uh, seeing a lot of vertigo push and pull shots. Loving the new aspect ratio. I will say this, even though I'm binging the show without uh, any wait, waiting for another what? Without any waiting for another season. I don't really appreciate because you can watch all five just back to back to back. Yeah, uh, I don't really appreciate the lack of recaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean they kind of need to be done honestly mm. it's kind of hard to remember because like i mean the first we're a mob we are the mob and then like the third season is like them getting in trouble and fucking michael not michael fucking tommy selling out his whole family and then season four is against the mob the, the mob and then season five can't even remember <laughs> yeah um Okay, we really do need to keep moving because it's already one and I've, we're only on the fourth <laughs> item. So we got to Yeah, so... um, Well, Biggie Blinders is a big one, so... Yeah, uh, I... Well, yeah. Uh, I, I honestly couldn't remember some of the important plot points. Uh, episode two, uh, beginning mine explosion scene was art. Uh, I honestly don't really like Michael's character now. I mean, I thought... Yeah, he kind of, a, he kind of becomes a dick. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was pretty good when he first arrived, but it's just getting a bit mad now. Uh, also, met is a word for me now, apparently. Uh, this season is much darker than the pre than the previous. What? Yeah. This season is much darker than of the previous series. Uh, nice one-shot scene at the beginning of episode five. Curly is the most adorable character out of the entire lot. Uh... So, as of five minutes ago, I've officially caught up on Peaky Blinders. The finale was a roller coaster of anxiety. Uh, so much that I'm not going to watch anything like this for a bit of time. But let me talk about the season. 
Uh, this one had more quality thanks to the production budget. Uh, most of the traits from the first few seasons are still here. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. This was way darker than the previous seasons. Now, it's not all dark. Uh, there are some, quote, light moments here and there. Uh, but it's certainly darker. I might even compare to how dark Breaking Bad became in its final few seasons. Uh, now, I want to discuss... Uh, how I felt about the show overall. I really like it. Uh, now, I don't love it as much as Doctor Who or Sherlock uh, because remember, before this was a next Netflix show, this was a BBC show. So mm -hmm. this is also one of the contributing factors for me of watching the show. Uh, but it, uh, it has definitely earned a place on my favorite shows list. Uh, in all honesty, this felt like a Rockstar Games GTA Red Dead Redemption production slash story. Uh, I primarily started watching the show due to the fact that, yeah, uh, due to the fact that it's production from the BBC. Uh, now, that being said, if it wasn't a BBC show, I still would have watched it. I still would have watched it, Sean. Uh, I love the setting of Assassin's Creed Syndicate being uh, 1868 London. Uh, and yes, Peaky Blinders is set from 1919 to 1929, which is uh, uh, as of uh, season five. Uh, but I could go on and on about this. Um, the reason why I brought it up, AC Syndicate, is because it was set in London, and I, I just love that setting. It's so it's so cool to me. Uh, yes. Also aesthetically pleasing. Uh, to end this report on, of, on the binge, uh, come up with something better? Well, it clearly didn't. Uh, I'll say this. Um, quote, uh, I came as a fan of the BBC, but stayed as a fan of the Peaky Blinders. Um, I cannot wait for season six, which I believe is the last season, yes? I think it should be like I mean from what I remember of season five it's basically Tommy losing hold of the gang so like I mean season six they're probably gonna take a boardwalk empire around. yeah Tommy's fucking out that's it mm. <laughs> I, and, yeah, I know you haven't seen boardwalk yeah, empire yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be such a surprise if I said oh yeah I've seen that wouldn't that be a surprise <laughs> uh but anyways uh and with this news uh, of season six it really hurts me that helen mccrory left us sooner than she should have fuck cancer moving on to the fifth item on the bench part yes uh so excuse me uh the fifth item on the binge report is the sarah jane adventures you haven't <laughs> right. seen this now here's the thing Go ahead folks. here's the thing folks i saw doctor who turned out to be my did influence. you see doctor who's the fourth doctor because that's the sarah jane one I, I, I saw the reboot. I didn't see the classic who, but I'm going to get to it, Sean. Uh, but I, I saw Doctor Who, fell in love with it. It became my number one favorite show in the whole wide world. Yes. Then I watched Torchwood. Not as good as it, but it's definitely still a Doctor Who related story. So I watched it anyways, fell in love with Captain Jack Harkness. And then I finally decided to watch Sarah Jane Adventures. It made sense. Right after Peaky Blinders, I feel like I needed like a a, um, a palate cleanser, so I yes. was like, uh, "Let me get into Sarah Jane Adventures." I think this was like the last piece of uh, Doctor Who content that's on the uh, on HBO Max, so I was like, "Let's go for it." So uh, here we go. Uh, I wrote uh, notes for all five seasons. Let's do this. First impressions. Uh, okay, just finished the first episode. I wanted to be on the record that I picked. This show, after finishing Peaky Blinders, to clear my mind or use it as a palate cleanser, just like I said. Also, 
this is, I believe, the last piece of Doctor Who content that's on HBO Max, so that's another reason. Now, with that out of the way, let's jump into my first impressions of the show. I'm on board. Uh, it's got the same charm and mystery as Doctor Who, and that's why I'm watching the Sarah Jane Adventures. I haven't seen uh, classic Doctor Who yet, but what I can say is that as a Whovian, I'm really excited to see more of Sarah Jane in the spotlight. Sarah Jane's got a sonic lipstick, uh, and I love all of the references. Uh, in all honesty, for a kid's show, uh, the first episode seemed pretty dark. Uh, I, I will decide whether or not it's better than Torchwood until, uh, uh, once I've finished, not until, once I've finished the series. Uh, now, you heard me say that this is a kid's show. It is. For those who don't know anything about me, I am a man-child. I watch kids' shows, and I enjoy them. But that's a, a conversation for another day, another time. Now, I'm starting to watch the next episode, and apparently this is episode one. Uh, weird. I Oh, so apparently, okay, so apparently it was like an episode zero. The first episode that I watched it wasn't even episode one. It was just like, like a, I don't know, a, episode zero. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I don't know what to call the first episode I watched, but if anyone plans on watching the Saturday Night Adventures, you should absolutely start with Invasion of the Bane. Basically... Um, there's these aliens who are making this drink so then they can feed kids and people and then they bring them, they, they basically absorb, I think they absorb their brains or something. It's the weirdest fucking thing, but it's Doctor Who, so it's like, it's not a surprise. Uh, but so far, episode one has a narration, so I assume you could start with that one if you want to. Uh, so I just finished watching the f season one finale, and I love it. Uh, the last two stories were really surprising for a kid show. Uh, I'm starting to get the feeling that this might actually be better than Torchwood. On to season two. Uh, I know you don't have anything to say, so I'm just going to keep going. Uh, season two. I think the reason why I like British content is because that they have Indian actors and characters. So, Maria, Maria and Alan are now in Washington. Ronnie Chandra moves in. Season two definitely felt more focused on Sarah Jane. I can't really say much other than the fact that... It was certainly better than the previous season, although every season is 12 episodes, it's technically six due to the fact that every two episodes are one story per two episodes, so it's a two-part. Uh, yes. Yeah, they're two-part stories. Uh, also, this is a kid show. Uh, I think the only thing I'm going to criticize is the stories, and not the acting or the VFX. Uh, the music's by Murray Gold, so I don't even bother messing with that. Note, Murray Gold is awesome, so that's why... Uh, another thing about this season is that it brought some familiar names and faces to the show, and as a Whovian, I loved them. Uh, this was also the most enjoyable as a Whovian. Uh, season three. Uh, right from the start, Prisoner of the Jadoon. Uh, I'm screaming, I swear every time Mr. Smith pops out, it just gets funnier. Tenth Doctor was in an episode. That was it for so uh, for anyone who doesn't know. Basically, Sarah Jane has this like comp like 
AI computer, like a basically like a Jarvis. And every single time Sarah Jane says, Mr. Smith, I need you. There's literally like this sequence where like it's got this like super epic music and then it shows Mr. Smith popping the computer out. It's, it's, it's hilarious because it's in a chimney and then it like the chimney turns into a computer. It's hilarious. But anyways. Also very cool. Um, season four. What a fantastic start. It's sad to see Luke leave, but I'm sure there are better things going on. Uh, so I just finished the finale and it almost made me sob. The thought of season five being the last season just really hurts. Uh, or just hurts real bad. Sorry. Um, I'm not even sad about the show ending. I'm just really sad that Elizabeth Sladen passed away. I mean, a lot of people that we love and respect pass, and that is what Doctor Who is about. But Elizabeth is such an icon that I've become so familiar with in the last couple of weeks. And I know this is something I would say after the last season, but one of the conflicts in the story of the finale was that Ruby, the antagonist of the uh, episode, tricked Sarah Jane into thinking that she was getting old and that she couldn't do it anymore. At the end of the finale, she gets her life energy back and is and she's the good old Sarah Jane. But once again, the thought of her passing away just months after really hit me hard uh it's gonna be rough watching the last season but i'd like to think that i'd be honoring her legacy as the beloved character uh okay moving on to season five. Oh boy oh boy yeah uh in tv time the tribute to elizabeth Slayton is technically the first episode or episode zero but i watched it and now i've been brought to tears at one in the morning uh right after finishing season four damn it what a way to start the season huh uh just finished the final episode i f uh i feel so many emotions at the same time unlike the other seasons the final season ended short and for the worst reason uh or you know what worst season sounds wrong i'm gonna say for the most devastating reason uh the last four Episodes were so good and grounded for a kids slash teen show that I hate it that it's that I hate that it's over. Uh, but at the same time, I feel sad. I'm not mad at anything or anyone about it, and no one should be. The introduction, the introduction of Sky, Sarah Jane's newly adopted daughter. I really wanted to see where they went with this. Uh, everything was working great. Once again, I don't blame anyone at all. Uh, these are my immediate reaction after finishing the show. So I apologize if I'm a bit much. Although I'd give anything in the world to see the show keep going, I'm actually glad that the BBC decided to end the show. Uh, I mean, yes, it wouldn't be the Sarah Jane Adventures without Sarah Jane Smith herself, but I'm glad they didn't try to recast her or just have the other main characters take the lead. Now, at the beginning, I said I that I would decide whether or not this was better than Torchwood after watching the entire show. And although comparing a kid so kids show to an adult show is a weird thing there they are still uh universe shows <laughs> universe uh and i'm going to speak from a Hoovian's perspective i believe that sarah jane event the sarah jane adventures is better than torchwood i honestly wish i had watched the sarah jane adventures after catching up on doctor who but i'm glad i got to it uh the thing about torchwood is that it's dark violent it's got sex scenes and it's got some it's got some weak episodes not that the Sarah Jane Adventures uh doesn't have any weak episodes but most importantly it's made for the adult audience while the Sarah Jane Adventures can be enjoyed by anyone uh now I'm not saying everyone will like it but for me it e this easily tops Torchwood despite how sexy Captain Jack Harkness is 
Uh, Torchwood mm-hmm. is <laughs> Torchwood is a part of the government. Sarah Jane, Luke, Maria, uh, Ronnie, Clyde, and Sky are just normal people who saves the world from aliens from their attic. Uh, the Sarah Jane adventure is Doctor Who, but on Earth. That's it. Some people think it's silly that I'm obsessed with British shows. Wink, wink. Uh, especially if they're from the BBC. Uh, what? Um, especially if they're from the BBC, but the thing is that I find enjoyment in the quality of certain British shows. I'm not saying that it's just British shows that are quality. I mean, y'all know how much I love Ted Lasso, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, It's Always Sunny, Mythic Quest, etc. Uh, that, that was an awful list. I could have come up with much better shows, but... <laughs> uh, but just to wrap things up, I'm so glad and proud that I got obsessed with British content from where... Uh, I found, let me try that again. Uh, but just to wrap things up, I'm so glad and proud that I got obsessed with British content from where I fell in love with his dark materials to Sherlock to Dr. Who to after many other shows ending up watching the Sarah Jane adventures, Elizabeth Slayton will be remembered forever as she is one of my icons now, uh, that I appreciate and respect rest in peace, Elizabeth Slayton. And as I've said before in this episode of Taste Funny Fridays, fuck cancer. Moving on. <laughs> Literally. Uh, I mean, I, I will say something real quick. For sure. Um, I like British. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I like British. Well, but um, I think there's just a there's a way that it's constructed, essentially. Like, you know, you know, like the typical like American like productions like you watch you just don't even really notice it, but there's a way that like culturally that they're created that gives you like this sort of like, okay, yeah, this is an American movie or like say with Bollywood. Okay. This is a Bollywood movie. It doesn't have to be like filled with somebody from one race, but you can tell where it's made. And Britain just has a very distinct way of like with their character developments, how they're like their customs, like how, like just basically like, the way, like, the comedy, like, British comedy is hilarious. Oh. And, like, like, and it's very, it per- permeates through, like, all the content. Like, have you ever seen uh, I Am Daniel, I think it's I Am Daniel Blake, but I think that's what it's called. Have you ever seen that? No. Like, that movie is about somebody who's, like, trying to deal with the NHS or the British healthcare system. Hmm. And he's just failing at, like, being able to, like, figure it out. Um, but there is still like some really fucking hilarious comedy in it that like, and it's like very uh, endearing. So I think there there's definitely like because I think the English or like the British uh, content they're just very good at taking very sad situations but still making them enjoyable with uh, comedy or with like heartwarming moments or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so that like British content. It, it is definitely something that is very, uh, it's very um, enjoyable to watch. Essentially, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you feel that way because you know, yeah, you know, I keep bringing up BBC, and then of course b- people who I know are like, oh, big black cock, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And every single time, I'm just like, like I, I, I do feel bullied. I, I feel like a <laughs> sense of being bullied. And, you know, and so, like, I mean, they're going to be children. But, like, the point is that, like, yeah, I mean, listen, I saw freaking His Dark Materials on HBO Max. And then I saw um, 
I well not on HBO Max, sorry. I saw it on a, in a different format. Um, but when I when I found out that like oh it was a BBC show, I decided to jump onto like Sherlock, and I was like, wow, this is really fucking good. Then I move on to Doctor Who, then I'm like, holy shit, this is really fucking good. Then you get like Luther, the thick of it, fucking um, uh, and the 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 funny thing is that maybe this is just me, but like even some British jokes that just don't land for us viewers from the states uh for us american people it's still funny for some reason like it i don't even know but anyways speaking of the bbc sean i watched another bbc show that i fell in love with so i hope you're ready <laughs> um all right anyways moving on to the sixth item on the binge report that being bbc ghosts uh this uh, this this got adapted into an a, into a CBS show, um, I, I'm gonna get into that in this uh, in this little note thing. Have you seen this? I have not. Okay. Well, it's on. Well, that's right. You don't have HBO Max anymore. So okay. Uh, let me get into it. So, um, actually, you know what? I think I already. I think I might have already gotten into this. This is for season three, actually. So. Yeah, I don't think you saw this, but anyways, uh, maybe I did talk about this before, but uh, anyways, so I'm watching the brand new season three of Ghosts, and the reason why I've included this in the binge report is due to the fact that CBS is making an American adaptation. Now, when The Watch was an adaptation, I didn't mind. When Hotstar made the Indian adaptation of The Office, I didn't mind. But what I do mind is that CBS is making an American adaptation of BBC Ghosts. Look. There have obviously been some successful adaptations, but I've seen the trailer for the American version, and honestly, I think it's nice that they're trying to make it for the American audience, who's either never seen the original, doesn't have access to HBO Max, or those who aren't a Brit uh, or an Anglophile. Uh, I think people might like it. Uh, it's not out yet, but honestly, and I normally never do this, but I'm not going to watch it. I'm all yeah, yeah, yeah. Film Fate first. I mean, they did the same thing with Skins, and that was a failure. Mm. And I mean, I, I mean from, understandable from from what I've heard. I mean, CBS Ghost seems to be doing pretty good, but like honestly, this I don't think it can match this. Uh, I'm always open to watching different things, but I'm making a decision not to. If people say it's yes. good, I'll consider watching it. But honestly, I prefer the original British version. It's like Skins. <laughs> Literally what we were just saying. Uh, it's like Skins. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the US version, but I know it, that it's not even close to being as good as the original UK version. But I digress. Here are my quick thoughts on season three of Ghosts. Uh, okay, I just finished the season. Uh, I didn't... What? Uh, I didn't... Oh, I didn't think I'd do this. Hold on, let me just write this because that was fucking annoying. Uh, I didn't think I'd do this, but I'm putting this under Ted Lasso. Uh, Ghost does an incredible job at consistently being hilarious, yet very heartwarming. If you have HBO Max or live in the UK, I recommend you give this show a try. You might not love it like I do, but you'll definitely enjoy the silliness of it all. So there you go. All right. Yeah. So now it's time to move. It's, okay, yeah, it's time to move on to something that we can talk about, Sean. Ladies and gentlemen, people, the seventh item on the binge report is Jungle Cruise. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, okay. Yo, yo, you say your notes first. All right. Okay. So I got two notes because um uh, this this is uh, this is 
my immediate reaction and then this is a couple hours later so my first one is uh i actually really enjoyed it uh the music the vfx the performances were really fun uh it felt like a mix of indiana jones and pirates of the caribbean uh, I also really loved the plot twists. Unfortunately, my experience my experience was slightly ruined by the loud sounds outside of the theater and the side lights not being fully turned off. Um, I really enjoyed the chemistry between uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt. It was really good. Uh, I think this is a really fun Disney movie. I don't think I've seen a good Disney live action movie for a while and this definitely did not disappoint. And I honestly can't wait for the sequel as it was announced by Dwayne Johnson a while ago. I know that Sean was going to say that it's not the best Disney movie, but that's obvious. But once again, I like to bring up the fact that I think this is the best live action Disney movie I've seen in the past couple of years. I may have to fact check, but I think the last one was Artemis Fowl and I didn't even watch it. So that's why I'm saying that Jungle Cruise is the best live action Disney movie I've seen in a while. Now, let me get into my updated thoughts on it afterwards okay so the previous notes for jungle cruise was from when i stepped out of the theater i've had many hours to reflect and here are my more <laughs> mature thoughts uh i still think it's a fun disney movie there's no doubt about that honestly if this film was on disney plus with no extra premiere access bullshit fee i would have watched this at home uh, I still believe that there are some good things about the film, such as the chemistry between Dwayne Johnson and uh, Emily Blunt, the, event the very adventurous score. Jesse Plemons was a pretty good villain, and yeah, that's all I can honestly remember. Uh, now, as for... As for the sequel news, now that I think about it, I'm not sure about it. <laughs> it's not that I don't want another adventure with this duo, but it's that I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. Maybe they might blow us out of the water, but... Seeing that there is going to be a sequel show's potential, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you were kind of right with the, like, me saying that it's going to be the best Disney movie. It's not. but It's not, yeah. I will say, in, turn, in terms of the Disney movies that have been made about attractions, I think there's three. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, this one. I think this is definitely, like, obviously in the middle. Mm. Um, it's better than the Haunted Mansion. It's not as good as Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And, like, I mean, I'm talking about all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like, right, right, right. As uh, those, are, those, are all better, those are all better than Jungle Cruise. Mm. Um, I think, basically, with, with this movie, like, it's, it's fine. It's a good movie. It's a fun time. Kids are going to love it. Mm. But especially man children. For me, for me, it's very, very, very. From what you said, very, very. Well, sorry, you, you cut out. It, you cut it's, out. It's very derivative. I see. Okay. So it's like, like you said, it's basically a mix of Pirates of the Caribbean and Indiana Jones. I was like, yes, that's what it is. But I was like, this is not even. This doesn't even feel like a Jungle Cruise movie. Like when you get on the Jungle Cruise Disneyland, you ain't go going on an adventure for a uh, life-giving flower or something like that. I think that's what that is. Mm -hmm. Like a, a, a flower that like can let, let you live for forever. No, I don't know uh, if it's forever it, it's, or if it can heal any wound. Yeah, heal any wound, yeah. Okay. So, like, the thing was is, like, this is what I was thinking. <laughs> and this obviously wasn't going to happen. But I was thinking that it was going to be, like, 
like what I would have wanted from a Jungle Cruise movie would have been like Dwayne Johnson's running a fucking like broken down like basically what the first I don't know like after the whole thing in England but like when when he's on the Jungle Cruise like taking the rich people around hmm. that's what I wanted from the movie that's what I wanted the whole movie to be was just him like setting up all these fucking traps and shit and like all these fake like uh, like actors and the and the like, there's like, hey, look, the back of water and all that stuff. Like, nice. that's what I kind of wanted it to be was him trying to like start a jungle cruise business and then like you know obviously not getting the money to like make him the actual proper experience and then like you know just making it himself. That's what I really would have wanted to By see. By the way, man, man, that's not what we got. But <laughs> man, interrupt for a quick second. Paul go ahead, Giamatti go ahead, go is ahead. really good too. Paul Giamatti is good. All everybody who's in this movie is great great actors like all the performances are very enjoyable but basically i just would have not wanted a pirates of the caribbean indiana jones clone i just i really would have thought it would have been a lot more or like funny or like you know interesting if they had just done this whole thing where like you know it's jungle cruise it's not indiana jones pirates of the caribbean and about the sequel shit, this doesn't need a sequel. Yeah. Abort. Abort. No <laughs> sequel. Please. I don't want to see Jungle Cruise 2. <laughs> yeah. Jungle Cruise 1. Fine. It was good. It was a good movie. I admit it. It was a good movie. It was entertaining. Yeah. Please don't give me a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have anything to say about it. If they, if they come out and it's good, then it's oh, okay. But, like, I'm not, I'm not begging for it. You know, they, right. it's it's not like Tasm three where I'm like begging for a Tasm three or a. Uh, they they redeem themselves with Tasm three. Yeah. But anyways, Tasm two was not good at all. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I love it though. So remember, remember that I I loved it. But yes, anyways, I know you I know you like it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it, man. I love it. I love it. Anyways, let's move on to the uh, to the eighth item on the binge report. Now this one's an important one for me. So I, I want you to know that this is really special in my heart. So the eighth item on the binge report is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. All right, I'll, now, I'll give this a Sean thumbs up. Now, yes. now here's the thing. Let me tell you why this is important slash special to me. And and this surprised a lot of people. I called a couple of people and they were like, "You, you got to be fucking kidding me!" Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is the first. Marvel movie that I ever saw in theaters. Damn. Yeah. That puts <laughs> things in its perspective. <laughs> I mean, it was a good one to like. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll say my thoughts about it really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Say, I just think, because, like, you know, I mean, I don't know if whoever's listening knows, but Fate knows pretty dang well that I do not like Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, because you're after Falcon, cinematic <laughs> literally. I mean, essentially, after the ending of WandaVision and after watching like a little bit of the Falcon Soldier, my love of Marvel movies went from like being like, okay, yeah, I'll go watch them just to follow like you know the story and all that stuff to like, oh, Marvel movies are just not. They're not there. They're just they're just money makers, and I hate them essentially. But with Song Shang Chi, this like felt 
different. This felt like a movie that was trying to, I mean, like, just try to tell, like, you know, a good story. They weren't trying to set up, like, a multiverse with the fucking, like, I don't know. They weren't, like, trying to, like, set up more movies with this movie. Like, you know, there is the little scene with Wong and the Abomination, and then Wong at the end being like, oh, do you have the Ten Rings? And it's like, yeah, yeah like, those, 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 those little parts. But, like, it this just felt like it was its own thing. Like, you know, like a Doctor Strange or, like, a, I don't know, like, like the original Iron Man. Like, it, this just felt like a movie that was made to be self-contained. And, like, you know, will they add, like, the Ten Rings or, like, you know, the, like, elements from it in future Marvel movies? Undoubtedly. But mm. I just think that this film was great because they weren't worried about trying to tie it into the big Marvel picture. Right, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's something that I admire and something that I realized was that, like, there's not a single, like, there's a couple of references, but, like, not too many that, like, it's overwhelming. Uh, but let me get into my notes. Uh, being that this was the first MCU movie I saw in theaters, I'm so glad Shang-Chi was the first one. Uh, I hear my first impressions. I enjoyed it more than Jungle Cruise. Duh. Uh, <laughs> it's because I watched Jungle Cruise right before Shang-Chi. Uh, literally the same day uh i wish i was about i wish i was able to watch black widow before to compare but i'll do that when black widow comes to disney plus for free but i digress honestly to me this movie was amazing awesome wonderful and so on from the martial arts to the plot to the performances to the score there's a reason why shang chi and the legend of the ten rings was only going to be in theaters at release disney knew this would be a success and it shows as a streaming service nerd slash cord cutter um uh, I think it's safe to assume that if a movie is going to be available on Disney Plus Premier Access and theaters, that probably means that the movie isn't going to be amazing. Raya was okay. Okay, Raya was pretty amazing. So I'm not. I'm gonna refract that. Um, I um, disagree with that, but you know that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> though I'm not saying that all movies on Premier Access are bad. I mean, Luca released on Disney Plus for no extra cost, and it's one of the best Pixar films this year. I said this year, not of all time, but this year. Uh, even better than Soul, if I dare to say. Now I want to wrap this up by by saying that in terms of my favorite MCU films of 2021, if No Way Home is awesome, Shang-Chi is at number two with Spider-Man at number one. However, I could be proven wrong by Eternals. Eternals might be more cinematic, though. I doubt it's going to be, <laughs> gonna be Shang-Chi. I just want to let everyone know that uh, even though this is really early and we are going to get to it, uh, Eternals, you know, Shang-Chi beats Eternals. However, Shang-Chi doesn't beat Spider-Man, so Shang-Chi is at my number two. Anyways, uh, um, I will. I do want to add real quick that there's a Rich Brian song in this movie, and you know that already pumped it up like a point for me, honestly. Oh, <laughs> which one, Run It or um, Act Up? Oh yeah, Act Up. Right, sorry, not Run It. <laughs> run It was not. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, um, fucking In the Dark is one of my favorite tracks. I'm so obsessed with that. But anyways, uh, I got a couple more notes. Okay, so now that the films on Disney Plus and available in IMAX enhanced format slash expanded uh, aspect ratio, uh, I've rewatched the film twice, and I still love it with a passion. This film just makes so much sense. The fighting makes sense. The story makes sense. You can't say this is another cookie cutter MCU movie because the action is in this movie is intended. 
Uh, the action is a key part of the story, let alone the film. The action has or shows character. Um, the music is fucking on point. I've been listening to In the Dark on repeat for months now. Uh, you could say I'm addicted or obsessed with the track, uh, but I digress. I was starting to think that maybe because this was the first Marvel film I'd seen in theaters, I thought I was on a high for loving this film, but I'm so glad I was wrong. Uh, I, re I just really love this movie. Um, okay, I know people are going to think I'm silly for thinking this way, but I really love Disney+. Plus With all the cool things they're doing uh if i were allowed to keep three streaming services it would be netflix hb max and disney plus uh disney plus is also the reason why i don't buy uh disney movies whether digital or physical because whether whatever extras you're finding on other formats you're going to find on disney plus and now they're giving you the option to watch select mcu films in IMAX enhanced ratio. I don't have any IMAX theaters near me, so I'm really glad they've done this. Uh, I saw Shang-Chi in widescreen format in theaters, and after seeing it on IMAX, or a version of IMAX, it changes the movie for the better. Uh, this also gives me a reason to rewatch all the MCU movies. So, MCU review review 2022? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, I'll just wrap up by saying that I love Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, and bravo, Marvel Studios. So there you go. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I disagree with some of that, but... Yeah. Mostly just I love Marvel Studios, you know. Oh, well... <laughs> I mean... You love Marvel Studios. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they make me happy. So, I mean, it, I, I, I just... You know, but anyways, let's move on before Sean starts to <laughs> completely just rant about rant, rant about, about it. Marvel yeah. movies. Uh, moving on to the ninth item on the binge report, that being Cruella. Oh, uh, I saw like half of Cruella. Oh boy, I will. <laughs> oh boy, like I, I walked in and my brother and my cousin were watching it, and I was like, okay, this 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 looks interesting. I think I, I will say like I do think I don't think this movie should exist. <laughs> but being that it does exist, it's it's enjoyable. It, it's just it's a little it's a little funny, 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 a little like uh, you know, a little self-contained story. Which yeah, it's harmless essentially. Mm. I I think like if you want if you really wanted the got her start, watch it. But if you don't really care, you're not really gonna care. <laughs> Excuse me, give me a moment. Uh... <laughs> I gotta plug my headset in, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a dip for a sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna pause. Okay. Uh, now uh, let me get into my notes for Corella. Basically, that entire Friday was Jungle Cruise, Shang Chi, and Corella. So I watched all three of these movies in one day. So this is hilarious. Um, so here we go. Um, I decided to end the Friday with another Disney film. Cruella. Uh, this film was on my radar when it released, but I, I didn't. I either didn't have the time or just didn't want to go to theaters to see this, let alone pay $30 to watch it at home. Now, here's Literally. what I think. I really like the movie. Um, it's just such a unique film for Disney to make. I think I had a better time with Cruella than Jungle Cruise. And no, uh, Cruella is not better than Shang-Chi, obviously. Uh, Emma Stone <laughs> kills as Cruella, and I thought it being PG-13 was interesting. Uh, it certainly seemed like Joker from the trailers, but wow, this was good. Um, now, there's a mixed audience for this film. 
Uh, I'm just going to I'm going to point out that I'm a part of the, the audience who loved the movie. Uh, I love the performances, the story, and the soundtrack. Uh, those are the key parts that comes to mind when thinking about the film. Now I know Sean may or may not like this news, but Cruella is getting a second film, and I'm on board. I'm not sure no. where they'll pick, where they'll pick up, but uh, I'm interested in seeing more Cruella. Jungle Cruise seemed to have a good ending for it to be a one-off film. As for Cruella, you'll see that there are open doors for it, while Jungle Cruise is just a shut door that just really doesn't need to be opened, but can be opened if it's a really good idea. Okay, here's the only way that I justify a sequel. The only way I justify a sequel is if they do her perspective of 101 Dalmatians. And I don't know if the live-action 101 Dalmatians already did that or not, but... Kind of. Like, there's no... What else do they need to go through? Like, literally, she's already at the top of the fucking fur empire or whatever, like, her clothing fashion brand. Like, she's already there. Like, do we... We don't need to see another Cruella. Unless it's a 101 down, like, her perspective on 101 Dalmatians. Because that would be interesting. It'd be interesting to see, like, her complete perspective, not from the perspective of the puppies or Pongo and Perdita or Roger and Anita. Which I did think, like, because Roger and Anita are in... And, like, they're just such random characters, like... I don't even know why they're here, but, like, you know, in the end, they, they each get a puppy, and it's like, okay. And then, like, Roger just sings his little song, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. But, yeah, so, like, you know, again, I said, this movie's harmless. It's fine. If you really care about 101 Dalmatians and want to feel this wicked uh, perspective from Cruella, then... You'll like it. I don't think if you, I don't, I think if you don't really care, this isn't your movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't have too much to say either. So. So yeah, if you're going to do a sequel, <laughs> do, do Cruella's perspective of 101 Dalmatians. That's, mm. that's what I got to say. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, Sean, speaking of dogs, uh, let's move on to the 10th item. And the tenth, uh, the tenth item on the binge report is Paw Patrol the movie. Of course you watched of that. Of course I watched it. I don't. Well, want, you know, I, I didn't watch balls, that. Sean, I'm not gonna back <laughs> off. I I made a joke. It wasn't a joke. That was not a joke. <laughs> Never a joke. Never a joke. But yeah, so I did not watch this movie. So, of course you not. Know, the floor Let's goes see. to Fate. Coward. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> genuinely good movie. Okay, uh, okay, here we go. I went to the fucking bank and I was talking about that, and everyone was laughing, not at me, but with me. So there you go. Uh, for a kids movie, I really enjoyed it, despite the fact that I'm 20. I but this also tells you that I'm a man child and I enjoy all sorts of content, no matter what age group it's made for. Uh, just like the universe. Uh, I enjoyed the Sarah Jane Adventures, which was made for children. Doctor Who, which apparently is PG, and Doctor and Torchwood, which is uh, made for mature audiences. But I digress. Uh, I think Paw Patrol the movie is a movie that's really fun, but also meaningful. There you go. Okay. There you go, Sean. There you go. Anyway. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I didn't write a full fledged one. I was like, that's it. I really like the movie. Anyways, moving on to the eleventh item on the binge report. That being. 
Ip Man. I did not. I've never seen Ip Man. Of course, but yeah, you've seen Ip Man, so you can talk about it. I know that there's like some pretty cool fighting sequences, but oh, very much. Promotes his entire movie. This entire movie series is uh, (laughs) the foundation of his really cool fight scenes. Ah, this movie is awesome. It's such an awesome fighting movie with a good story. Donnie Yen's performance really adds more value to the to Rogue Run for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but Donnie Yen plays the the blind man in uh, Rogue One. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the twelfth item on the binge board. That being Ip Man Two. <laughs> did you watch the whole Ip Man fucking yeah, 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 series? Yeah, I did. Literally. Did. Okay. Uh, okay. So Ip Man Two is about how an ego can get in the way of things. I mean, Ip Man got no ego in the film. We get someone who could potentially take down it in a fight uh, by using Western boxing. And by the end of the movie, pe- most people think about which f- style of fighting is better. And the thing that makes this movie so good is that it isn't about who's better. It's about treating others with respect. And I love that. Nice. Uh, moving on to the 13th item on the binge report, that being Ip Man 3. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, although <laughs> Ip isn't the best husband, he's a true gentleman and who admits his mistakes. His character development as a husband is heartwarming yet heartbreaking because of the time left for his wife. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, all right, let's uh, keep moving because I I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. These movies are great. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the fourteenth, 14th, 14th item on the binge report. That bit. what do you think? What do you think is gonna be the fourteenth item, Sean? What do you think it's Ip gonna? Man four. Wrong. The fourteenth item uh, on the binge report is Venom. Let there be carnage. Venom. I saw this movie in theaters as well. Forgot to add it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I okay. So my notes, very short. I had such an exciting time with it. Uh, it's certainly better than the first one. These movies aren't trying to be a dark action drama. It's just a fun buddy film. Uh, it's just fun buddy films, and I love them. Uh, by the way, that end credit scene, yeah, 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 we get it. Um, but yeah, Sean, you want to? So <laughs> I will agree with you <laughs> that this movie is better than the first one. However, and I, I'm going to take some anecdotal from like, uh, when I was walking out of theater, I think I texted. This is like one of the worst instances of pacing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. The, just the whole film, the pacing, non-existent. Right. There's nothing at all. All right. Then, oh, am I frozen? Yeah, you are frozen, but I can still Whoa, hear you. What's going? On? Frozen three confirmed. Oh yeah, now now he's really froze. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm a, I'm okay, a let, let, let's let's just keep moving. Let's keep moving because it's already two, and I know you have to go at like three. So let's. You know what? I'm not even gonna. Am I frozen? You are frozen. I didn't send. 
Con, try leaving the chat. Okay. Are we back? Well, you're not back, but like I can still hear you, so we can continue going. Okay, well. Hmm. From so yes, I texted you. I was like, this movie has no pacing, but I I, I really fucking enjoyed it, essentially. And uh, then I told, basically, I told that to like my brother and my sister. I was like, no, this is like a really fucking bad movie, but it's like you know I enjoyed it though. Mm-hmm. So then I went to a birthday party with my family, and my family are like huge Spider-Man fans. Mm. They they went to see Venom, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it was so good. It was so good. I loved it. It was such a good movie." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a good movie." And my sister was like, "You fucking liar!" <laughs> and I was like, "She's like, you said it was bad." And I was like, "It is bad, but I don't want to fucking, I don't want to fucking look like ruin an the mood. Yeah. I don't want to look like an asshole because like." Honestly, I think the pacing of this movie, again, non-existent. Like, we go through, like, like literally, like, in the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, we get introduced to, like, the conflict between Cletus and his girlfriend. And then we, like, all of a sudden, she's whisked away. The cop gets shot in the eye. Then Eddie's randomly meeting with him. Then he's like, oh, you'll never find the bloodies, Eddie. And then Eddie finds the bodies, and then he's, like, going to be put put to death. And it's like, okay, movie, I understand you're trying to get going, but I'm not even sure what the fuck just happened. <laughs> so, but essentially, you know, the all the stuff with Venom and Carnage, that's always that's all cool like all the fight scenes all that stuff that's cool the ending like you know it's really silly but it's it's good like i mean the final line of the movie from freaking uh the uh what's his what's his name the cop like who gets attacked by the the screamy the screamy girl i don't know her name like it was just so stupid like he's like laying at the top of the church and he's just like and like, and then it fades to black. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> what is this ending? It's so stupid. Um, but uh, yeah, like essentially, the things that I enjoyed from this movie was the fight scenes. Eddie and Venom was always funny, and uh, the 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 mid credit scene. <laughs> like the mid credit scene, I legitimately enjoyed. I don't think that we needed this whole thing where Venom, like, goes AWOL and runs away from Eddie for, like, half the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. But, like, Carnage and Woody Harrelson, like, you know, I didn't think Woody Harrelson was going to be a good Carnage. He was pretty good. I'll admit that. Um, I don't think the Screamy Girl really contributed anything. She was just like... One second she was just like, "Yeah, fuck everybody, you know, it's just me and Carnage, me or not, it's not me and Carnage, me and Cletus, yay!" And then like the next second she's just like, "Honey, you're gone too far." Yeah. And all of a sudden she's like, "It's like the the tone is like very like the character motivations are just 
all over the place just to make shit work. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, not a good movie in my opinion. Enjoyable movie, sure, yes. But yeah, that's all I gotta say. That's yeah. that's my that's my carnage rant. All right. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> and uh, to end that rant, we're going to move on to the 15th item because also, by the way, I think we're going to keep going because I don't think we have time for a 10 minute break. We just got to speed through these. So anyways, here we go for, sure. uh, for the 15th. Uh, uh, the 15th item on the binge report is it man for the finale. Um, <laughs> uh, damn. Didn't think I'd tear up uh, watching martial arts films. Uh, it man is awesome uh, i can't wait to watch master z but i'd like to appreciate that i watched it man sooner than later honestly even though the sort of key scenes of the films are when it man fights somebody uh and yet it still has an engaging story it might be out of line by saying this but i feel like this is what mortal kombat should have been like um there are four it man movies excluding master z the master z spinoff and every Ip Man film has fantastic fighting and great storytelling at the same time. I will say, though, uh, I thought it was a bit much with the American characters. Uh, but I don't know. That's just me. Because the thing is, like, the Americans in these movies are, like, extremely racist. Despite, the, Sure, it's set in that time when they are. But at the same time, it just seems, like, over. It felt a bit much. But anyways, I digress. Uh, let's move on to the 16th item on the binge board. That being... Master Z, Ip Man Legacy. Um, apparently, I'm watching this film... Uh, apparently, I'm watching this in the incorrect order because Master Z released uh, between Ip Man 3 and Ip Man 4, the finale. But anyways, uh, I finished watching the the film, and I must admit, I really like this one. I mean, for a spinoff, it's not bad at all. Uh, I will say this, though. Uh, all the Ip Man movies, including Master Z, are the same, but with different fight scenes. But... That's what makes it enjoyable enough to keep watching these movies. So, there you go. Uh, let's move on to the 17th item on the binge port. That being Moonrise Kingdom. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, being that this was my first Wes Anderson movie I've ever seen, I loved it. The style feels like a kid's book but for the older audience i've been meaning to watch this movie but i've been waiting for it to come to a streaming service uh but i digress the movie is something i've never seen before now i've seen a lot of young uh love stories and movies uh but man this was really good from the story to the cinematography that's all i gotta say um, I will say that this one is not my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Mm. Um, I think, like, if I was going to give it a top three, I would say uh, the hotel, the the Grand Budapest, the Grand Budapest, that it was a Grand Budapest Hotel, number one. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, number two. And, um, oh, what's the fucking third one? Oh, not the French Dispatch. That one just came out. Oh, I... I can't remember the name of it, um, but I really... Oh, the Life Aquatic. That's what it is. Life Aquatic is my third favorite because that one's like sort of a mockumentary kind of, of uh, Jacques Cousseau. Um, but uh, yeah, Moonrise Kingdom is definitely like... It's very it's very nice to look at. The The style of Wes Anderson is always, <laughs> always refreshing to watch. Mm. It, it's kind of funny. It's like you're watching a... Like... Like, because the dialogue is delivered in such a monotone way from everybody and such an... It's, like, things that you think should be really awkward and really, like, 
detrimental to your film are somehow making your film amazing. <laughs> and it's like, it's true for all of them. So mm. yes, I do really like uh Moon Knight's kingdom, but it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. I think it was a fun movie, but uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, moving on to the 18th item on the binge report, that being black widow. I have not seen black widow yet, but um, okay. How did you like it for day? <laughs> uh this was right after i don't know how i feel about it still now maybe i still feel this way but uh because you know how i am uh i loved it uh now i will admit this wasn't as great as shang chi but black widow was certainly great nonetheless uh the movie felt different from the other films tone wise it had a similar tone to falcon and the winter soldier but better uh, i love the plot twists action is a chef's kiss and as always uh or uh, action is a chef's kiss always as always with these films um Comedy in this uh, got me many times, and I'm all for it. It was a bit sad knowing that Black Widow will only get one movie, but at least she got a movie. Uh, The funny Mm -hmm. thing is that this was kind of like we're the Millers one tiny thing uh, that I'm unsure about is that post credit scene. Um, Do I want to get into this? Uh, Sure, it's a setup for what's to come in the Hawkeye series, which is already out now, but... They say it's between Civil War and Infinity War. That just spoils it for those who haven't seen all of the MCU. Uh, so it's confusing on where to put it, but I personally would put it after Endgame. Uh, I know they say it's between the past movies, but it's a perfect segue into Hawkeye. Now, I know uh, some people have a problem with the fact that... Uh, okay, I mean, the movie's been out. It's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I know some people have a problem that with the fact that Taskmaster turned out to be a woman. But I actually like that. Uh, it's the same case with Mysterio from Far From Home. Uh, it's different, yet very good and very well written. And that's probably why people hate on Spidey in the MCU. Because he's slightly different from the comics. But I digress. I had a fun time with Black Widow. And I can't wait to see Yelena, played by Florence Pugh, uh, in future MC projects. Yeah, that's something that, like, interested me about Black Widow. I just never got around to seeing it. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, Florence Pugh, it was definitely a draw for me. How do I feel about her being in a Marvel series? Like, I don't feel, like, great about it because I think she's above it. But, you know, it's cool that she's getting some recognition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyways... Yeah, uh, I really like this movie. I love all the Marvel movies, so it's really... I, I don't have much to say. Let's just keep moving. Uh, but anyways, here we go. Gosh, this is so cool that I just get to press a button. Ladies and gentlemen, people, let's move on to the 19th item on the binge report. That being... No Time to Die. Alright, okay, I do want to know what you feel about this, because there was a very, it was very split. People either thought this movie ruined fucking Daniel Craig, Jaden's Bond, or people thought that this movie was a nice (laughs) send-off. So, as my notes uh, state, damn, this was a great send-off for Daniel Craig's Bond. Okay, so you're the (laughs) other one. Um, I I think this was a fine send-off. Did I think this movie was amazing? Mm. actually honestly yes I, I did really like this movie to be <laughs> fair um, I did think the only thing that was weak about this movie was uh, Rami Malek as mm. the villain yeah, because he's kind of hardly in it and like what's the point of having this really cool looking fucking kabuki mask and you wear it for one scene yeah. like like his face is like, it's supposed to be that it's like oh yeah his 
he was like poisoned or like experiment or not experimented on, but he was like fucked up by his family because they were like poison makers and whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, and he's like, his face is like, like disgusting to look at, but like you give no like mis- mystery to what his face looks like. And you, and it's like, his face doesn't even look that bad. He's got like a few scars on his face. Like, I mean, obviously it doesn't look great, but like it would have been just so much cooler if he just wore the Kabuki mask for the whole movie. And then, like, you know, it was revealed at the end or something. Mm. Also, it is kind of like, uh, what's the word? It's kind of like uh, contrived the way that he dies. Right? Mm. Oh, spoilers. James Bond dies in this movie. But it is mm. kind of contrived. Like, it just feels like, he's like, oh, yeah, I gotta open the, I gotta open the doors. And then he opens the doors and he's, like, trotting down. And they're like, the blast doors are closing. And then he's like, all right, got to trot up and open the blast doors yeah. again. And then he gets fucking poisoned and like can never touch his wife and daughter or his love interest and daughter ever again. And he's like, whatever, I guess I'll just die. It's fine. And I was like, all right, yeah. cool. I mean, yeah, I think I, I feel like, I mean, I mean, Bond could have gotten away he could have gotten out of it but i think it was he could have but if he had gotten away he's like he can't it's like it's like his girlfriend and daughter again it's like nah i mean daniel craig was fed up so he was just like no i'm done (laughs) no 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 more movies no more movies no more bond movies we're done uh but yeah uh the one thing that i kept uh, that i keep thinking about is how are they going to top this uh, how are they going to come up with something new and fresh? I know this is way too soon to talk about, but although I haven't seen every Bond film, Craig's Bond is so awesome. I had such a fun yet sad time watching this uh, because throughout the film, I kept remembering that this was his last Bond film. Quick joke, mm-hmm. but I think the real reason why they delayed The King's Man to December was because uh, Ray Fiennes was in No Time to Die, uh, so he wanted a breather. And uh, end credit scene, Bond will return. No shit. Because, you know, obviously they need to make money. So there you go. Yeah. It's going to be the new 007 that was introduced in this movie. Do you really think it's going to be? No. I don't know. I have no idea. Do you, okay, <laughs> let me ask you. Okay, let me ask you a better question. Then do you think Bond should be a girl or should it say a boy? Or should it say a man? Sorry. Be- it be anything that they want it to be. I don't really care. Like, that's right. I feel the same way. I mean, the thing is, it's like everybody's just like, oh, James Bond is like, it's just been a continuing story. I was like, no, they've just been telling the same story for fucking decades. It's just been the same stories over and over and over again. Like, sure, like some Bonds cover certain stories and some Bonds don't, but at the end of the day, they all follow the same stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't have much to say. Saw all the films before No Time to Die. Um, pretty fun time. I don't know which one to call bad, which one to call great. I don't know. They're all fun for me. So, yeah, I would say Casino Royale is number one. Then, I guess Skyfall. And then, I guess I would say No Time to Die, Spectre, Quantum. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, with that down, uh, let's move on uh, to the 20th item on the binge report, that being the Mitchells versus the Machines. I heard of this one. My brother watched it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> well, hmm. 
Well, it's 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 from the same guys who made Into the Spider Verse. So, oh, maybe I, I should mean. watch it then. And also from the Lego Movie, and also from Twenty One Jump Street. So you should maybe was watch. it. Is it bad that I was more excited about Across the Spider-Verse than I was No Way Home? No, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I mean... <laughs> this came like in a day. I ordered it like yesterday. What is it? Well, what's it gonna be? What? Oh shit. Damn, dude. Nice. What's going on? Alright. My brother got a box of beer. <laughs> great um but yeah no uh talking about you though you don't like the mcu so i can understand your your hype for across the spider-verse more than uh no way home which once again i think that i love i love all spider-man like everything spider-man and so that's why like i'm excited for both of them and knowing that like we're gonna get more spider-man next year and then the year after i mean it, it's a great time to be a spidey fan so i I don't have any, you know, thing to say for you, <laughs> you know, being excited for Cross the Spider-Verse more than, you know, No Way Home. How dare you, sir? You're more Literally. excited for that. What the hell is wrong with you? Uh, but no, but seriously, uh, let me get into my notes uh, and then we'll keep going. Uh, uh, when I saw the name change from the Mitchell vs. the Machines to Connected, I wasn't really sure if I was going to watch it. But boy, was I wrong. I mean, they changed it back to the original name, but man, this movie is the perfect family film. And you know what I also think? It's so amazing that it's going to win Best Animated Film. Uh, and mm. it's produced by Lord and Miller. So I don't think that was the case. I don't think I have to check again. This was a long time ago. Uh, and it's produced by Lord and Miller. So you know you're in for a fun ride. I fucking well, love the movie. Um, who's uh, it going up against? I know it's going up against Luca. And then probably some indie, like more independent animation. Uh, and then, and so, yeah, I mean, it's got a chance, but these are my immediate thoughts. So like this, uh, this is kind of like a high. So, right. So don't take my, my words into serious consideration, but anyways, uh, I really believe that at least, uh, Sony animation is getting better and better. The art style, the story, the humor, it was all great in this film. I think it has a great message. It's so heartfelt, emotional. Uh, hilarious and most importantly weird but good weird uh apparently this movie was about gay representation but i guess i wasn't able to detect that granted i think it was just because i wasn't <laughs> looking out for that but i think that's really cool uh, i saw someone post that it quote it's trying to be it's trying too hard to be relevant to which i say you clearly took this movie way too seriously but uh forget about them if this was in theaters i'd watch it in theaters if this was on iTunes, i'd buy it which it is now and it's on blu-ray so i'm definitely gonna buy it uh and honestly uh i i couldn't wait more for in the spider-verse 2 or across the spider-verse part one and two and updates the Mitchells versus machines is coming to blu-ray so you already know that's on my list so there you go yep uh nice. okay. now uh, let's keep going because I know uh, you have to go in a bit. So uh, here we go. Uh, moving on to the 21st item on the binge report. That being Megamind. You just saw Megamind? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, is this, this is DreamWorks, right? Yes. I think this is one of the better franchises or... Was there a Megamind 2? No. Or is it just me? Okay, so I think this was... So it's not a franchise. I think this is one of the better movies that uh, 
Mega Man or that DreamWorks has come out with, honestly. Hmm. Um, it, it's very, it, I think it's interesting because it's very like, it relies on your, um, like the whole movie hinges on your expectations of what a superhero movie is going to be. Mm. And it's like, the villain is actually the hero. The hero is actually a washed up loser who is supposed to become the hero, becomes the villain. And it's like, I think it's very interesting what they did with the genre of like superhero films with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, like, I don't know. I just think I just remember really loving it when I was a kid. I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah, that's what I gotta say. Can't wait for the bad guys. Uh, DreamWorks recently released a trailer for the new movie called The Bad Guys. It has an interesting art style and looks really cool. Uh, but right. let me get into my notes for Mega Mind. What a fucking dumpster fire! I'm just kidding. <laughs> Literally. Uh, no, but seriously, in all uh, in all seriousness. What a fun movie. Uh, I got somewhat of the same vibe as Despicable Me, but I really enjoyed it. Um, It actually made me somewhat nostalgic because I remember seeing uh, the promotions for the movie back in the day, but I hadn't and wasn't going to the movie theaters at the time. But I'm glad I saw this sooner than later. That's it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, it's a good one. I think the casting is great. I think the performances are great. Um, I can't really say much about the animation style because, I mean, like people weren't as picky back then. As we are now, right? So, um, I'm, I mean, the animation style is fine, in my opinion. I, yeah, I no, agree. I'm not complaining about it, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, I can't say anything about it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, and the story is good too. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to another animated movie. Uh, moving on to the second, the 22nd, uh, item on the binge report, that being Ryan the Last Dragon. I know you have something to say. About uh, this. I didn't like this one. Okay. That's all I gotta say. All right, there it is. There it is. Fucking <laughs> okay. there. Oh, there you go. No, I just thought it was too silly at sometimes. Like I mean, like and again, like you know, you know me. I, I like yeah. some good comedic moments in my in my in my films, but like here, just like the comedy just didn't hit and just came off as like really really silly. <laughs> And I just like it, I just there just wasn't enough like I don't know seriousness or like I mean obviously but I mean I just I honestly I just thought it wasn't it wasn't really what I wanted to see from the movie essentially that's fair especially for thirty dollar premiere access did you pay for that no I didn't good oh <laughs> I waited I waited my time but anyways uh here are my notes uh kind of like Horizon. Um, moving on to the second thing. Uh, I love the movie. Uh, it's beautiful, both in story and the visuals. Uh, this also felt like Infinity War and Endgame, but not extremely dark and painful. The animation looked very good. The performances were great. The casting is pretty good. Uh, and I think the story was great, like Disney films are always. Uh, this also felt a bit like Moana. Uh, but I really hate that they put this on Disney Plus for the BS fee. Uh, Granted, I didn't watch the movie in theaters because at the time I was I was unsure of going to the theaters due to COVID. But I'll tell you this: if I wasn't unsure, I'd go watch it in theaters. Also, I don't consider Raya as the standard Disney princess that we know. But if she is, I like this change, similar to Elsa. And yes, I'm a 20 year old man child. Uh, I watch all mm-hmm. the Disney movies. I don't give a fuck. That's literally what's written. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there you go. Anyways, moving on to the 23rd item on the binge report, that being Fantastic Mr. Fox. Really? Okay, I'm glad that I said that uh, I liked Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, I mean, typical Wes Anderson style, like, very nice to look at. The colors are very vibrant, very, like, um, very just... I mean, it's interesting that this is a kid's movie, though, honestly. I remember I saw... I think the first time I saw this, it was when I was, uh, like, I mean, like, I think it was, like, I was 12 or 13... And, like, the fucking fox gets its tail shot off, and then the dude wears it as a tie, and I was like, what? This is, this is what? <laughs> that's not, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just think, like, I don't know, this, I love this movie. I think it, it's, again, like, very, uh, Wes Anderson style, where, like, it's very, sometimes very deadpan. Like, there's a lot of, like, the thing with Wes Anderson detail put into his, like, Especially with his like animated films, his stop motion animated films, there's a lot of detail put in like every frame. Like every frame just always looks very nice because like not only are they colored well, but they're also balanced really well. Like it's not it's something that I like sort of like learned from being in film school is like you the reason why like it's so pleasing to look at Wes Anderson stuff is because like there's never more mass on one side than there is the other side. Mm. And so let's say that on, I'm looking at my desk right now. There's like a speaker, a heater, like a bag on one side, and then there's the TV, and then there's my PS5, my games, and my power strip. So like, it's not symmetry, but if you split it down the middle and I moved like some things to the other side, it would look nice, essentially. And it's just something you don't think about. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that's me. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's my notes. I very much enjoyed the movie. It's great. Uh, the thing that stood out to me was the visuals. Obviously, it's playful, uh, creative, and imaginative, and I love that. Uh, I don't have much to say about it other than it's a great film. There you go. Yes. I, I, Everybody should watch Wes Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I I don't want to spend like like two hours talking about like oh yeah George Clooney was so great in this movie I'm not gonna spend two hours talking about that I just think genuinely overall as a movie I think it's great uh, anyways yes let's move on to the 24th item on the binge report that being nobody I haven't seen this film but I know what you're talking about it's the Odenkirk film right mm-hmm. yep. yes Odenkirk John Wick uh. So I was uh, really excited for this movie because unlike Sean, for a good reason, love uh, I love action movies. Now, I couldn't watch this in theaters at the time, but the movie went on sale for $9.99 on iTunes. And I thought I that would have been the same price for a ticket to go see in theaters. So I decided to buy it despite the fact that I hadn't seen the film at all. Uh, the main selling point of the film, other than the fact that Saul Goodman himself... Uh, was doing some good action was the fact that some people behind the John Wick films were making this. Uh, all uh, And we all know how awesome John Wick is, but I wasn't excited because of that. If you took away the credits in the trailer, uh, I would have still been excited uh, because it looked as awesome as a grand grounded Bollywood action flick. Uh, and you know how I love them. Uh, plus, the same person who directed a movie uh, that was shot in the first film. What? 
plus the same person who directed a movie that oh sorry plus the same person who directed a movie that was shot in a first person uh hardcore henry uh, which i also had haven't seen yet uh directed nobody it's uh like the movie a gentleman uh which now that i think about it is like john wick there are two words that i've shouted uh throughout the movie multiple times Oh shit. Uh, yes, I'm aware this isn't an Oscar winning film, but I loved it. I mean, Bob Odenkirk being a violent badass and Christopher Lloyd having fun with shotguns was enough to convince me that this movie was awesome. Uh, it's a ton of fun, and a lot of people think this is a copy of John Wick, which is true, but not entirely. I won't go into a lot of detail, but to, uh, to just wrap this up, if you're looking for a fun, gory, good time, go watch Nobody. All right, moving on. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on to the 25th item on the Vince Report, that being Dune. I haven't seen Dune yet, but uh, my dad was like... Wow. No, my my dad was like, let's go see it. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll be waiting. And then he never took me to go see it. Wow. And I was like... Wow. I mean, the thing about me was wow. like, I didn't really... like. I, I didn't really care about seeing Dune, essentially. Wow. Like, yeah. Like, I was, like, one of the only people who didn't really care about seeing Dune. Okay. But my dad wanted to see it, so I was like, I'll see it with you, and then he never took me to see it, so. Sheesh. Yep, that's what happened. All right. Well, I'm going to speed through this then, because, honestly, I wasn't incredibly excited for Dune. Honestly, I thought you were going to want to talk about Dune. That's why I watched this. Otherwise, I wasn't extremely excited either but i still watched it anyways i got to hang out with my friends pretty fun made no sense basically my friend while we were waiting in line he said that dune is basically star wars but worse and i was like okay and so yeah here are my notes (laughs) dune is basically star wars but worse i mean I, i i somewhat agree with them but anyways okay when this got announced i had no idea what this was i still don't know what this is I didn't think I'd watch it, despite the fact that it was on HBO Max. I have no knowledge of the source material, but sweet Jesus of Nazareth, I fucking loved it. Uh, I will be honest, I was somewhat confused throughout the film, but the cinematography, Hans fucking Zimmer, the cast, the performances, the action, the story, just um, chef's kiss. Um, I'm saying that with uncertainty right now, because I'm just like, I, I don't remember the film, and I'm just like, once again, this probably was like a after the movie high but uh, anyways, uh, this seemed like it would be the biggest movie this year. And I know we got Spider-Man coming up, but I think Dune is the biggest movie of the year. That's not true. Uh, now, it was a bit difficult to see in our local theater, specifically the dark scenes. So yes, I'm going to rewatch it at home. But the most important fact to remember is that my first choice was to go and watch it in theaters, which I did. Heck, I skipped a math class to go and watch it with my friends. I've never done that before, Sean. I literally told the teacher, hey, listen, I need to, I got a dentist appointment. I got to go. <laughs> so there you go. Um, So don't start bullying me about not watching it the right way because I did watch it in the right way. Unfortunately, the right way was a bit too dark and a bit blurry for me. And I didn't want to spend more money to go watch it in a better theater. So there you go. Uh, and, uh, the one thing that, that shocked me what, throughout the entire film and even after is that this was a part one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was part, this movie was a part one. This was never promoted as a part one. And it just still shocks me to this day because I, I, I immediately when I, when it pops up part one, I thought, oh, is this like, uh, are we going to get part two after the interval? Or is there going to be an interval or something? But no, yeah, the, the entire movie is part one. 
quick mini report. I just watched a bit of Dune on my 65-inch OLED, and although I was able to see it more clear, uh, this isn't the way chief. Uh, if possible, go watch it on the biggest screen possible if you can't go out or you f still feel uncomfortable going into a theater, watch it at home, though I'm not saying this is my go-to option. So there you go. Uh, but anyways, uh, by the way, I was going to watch Matrix today on HBO Max. Yes, I'm, I'm going to watch on HBO Max, but that's because I have a lot of shit going on, and also I'm worried about the Delta variant, so don't fucking judge it's me. It's not Delta, it's Omicron. Sorry. <laughs> Why did I... Oh. There's so many fucking names for this. I, I'm so tired of COVID. COVID just needs to stop. Like, you know, it, it's like the Fast series. Like, you know, just end it. Just end it. Don't don't keep going. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Um, um, oh, my God. Now that you bring the Fast series, fucking Michael from Peaky Blinders was in Fast 9. That's true. Yeah, that is true. He played, yeah, a, he played a young... Uh, John Cena. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> let's move on to something that's better than the Fast films and Dune. That's right. The 26th item in the binge report is Avatar The Last Airbender. The movie? No, the show. The movie's fucking terrible. The movie's trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get into that, but the movie's fucking trash. Avatar The Last uh, Airbender. We can, quickly go, we can quickly go through this, because, like, I have... Oh, you froze again. <laughs> Darn it. Stop freezing, Sean. Gosh darn it. Stop freezing. Okay, you're back. <laughs> One of the best shows ever made, ever made honestly. There we go. That's okay. What I said. All right. I'm going to get into my notes. I'm going to speed through it. Uh, three seasons. Okay, here we go. Just finished book one. This is a kid's show. This is a kid's show. This is a kid show, but although I'm proud to be a man child, this is fucking awesome. The character development and the yes. establishment is so far fantastic. So far, it's a great show. I've been told it gets better, so I'll let you know what I think of the show overall after I finish book three. Uh, uh, season two, just a quick report on what I think about book two. It does get better. It keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. uh, and now season three. Something tells me this book or season is going to be fire. Get it? Ha ha. Uh, uh, oh, all right. I finished it. Here's what I got to say. This show is one of the best shows out there. And this is obviously placed as the king of kids shows. Because look what they did with a kid's show. It's per it's just perfect. I, I can't mm -hmm. really say a lot. I'm at a loss for words at the moment. I'm not a critic. I don't know how to come up with complicated words to sound smart, but the story, the characters, the writing, the visuals, the music, all of it is on point fucking perfection. I'm not sure about the live action series, but I've got some interest. That's all I'm going to say in the written re report. Uh, otherwise, I'm glad I've watched this and I can't wait to get into Legend of Korra. Um, yeah, again, like I said, one of the best shows on television. Uh, and I don't know, everything. Animation, character development, story, all that. I think the only critiques that I have, though, is it really does start to drag in some episodes. Like, there are some episodes that you could just cut from the whole fucking show, and you wouldn't miss anything. But, you know, you need to make, um, like, enough episodes to fill up a typical also, Nickelodeon it's a good season. Show. It's directed towards yeah. kids. And Essentially. You know, if but, it was made for adults and teens, then then they would focus on that. But it's fine. Uh, it's, just, I, I, it's just some fatty parts that I don't like that you don't need to have. This. I do know you have to get going <laughs> soon, so that's why I have to keep moving, Sean. I apologize, but yes, I'm gonna speed through this one because man, 
Oh, I fucking hate this. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever in Fatay's Family Friday's history, the most hated movie from me, like the movie that I absolutely hate with a fury. Ladies and gentlemen, people, the 27th item on the Vinci Report is M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's The Last Airbender. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm just going to get right into it because I know Sean already knows this movie is bad. So here we go. Note, I watched, uh, I watched this right after finishing book one. And you know what? Three minutes in. And it's already bad. It's cool, but it bad. It's just not accurate to how they meet Aang. Uh, I love the 2010 VFX look, but Jesus of Nazareth, this movie is the worst in all caps. Uh, and they've, they've got Mr. Aziz from Spider-Man 2 as Zhao. Sure, yeah, sure. Great. Uh, the music is very Star Wars-like. Look, the visuals look really, really cool. And even and it even gave me nostalgic feelings. But man, is this the worst movie I've ever seen. I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like if I hadn't seen book one, I might have slightly liked it. But even then, with my super duper film knowledge, this is a terrible movie. I'll still respect everyone who worked hard on the movie, but I'm not even gonna try to defend M Night Shyamalan with Ding Dong because he clearly didn't take the time to research it. If I was working on the movie, I'd binge the first season. There were five. There were five years before this movie came out. Did he not have the time to watch it at all? <laughs> In terms of this being a Paramount production, the live-action TMNT films are better than The Last Airbender. For a second, I'd assume the sequel would be way better, but that'll never happen. I'm hoping that the live-action reboot does the original show justice. And normally, I don't show hate towards something, but I fucking hate... Aang's tattoo in the movie. Um, yeah. I would have liked it if it was just the blue arrow. Uh, the live action design looks cool to some people, but I absolutely hate it. But, but to wrap this up, it was actually kind of a relief that I finally watched a bad movie. Uh, now, <laughs> I now, I expressed my feelings about Mission Impossible 2 and how that's the worst Mission Impossible film, but that wasn't a bad movie. The Last Airbender is just straight up bad. Uh, the editing, the unnecessary extra choreography, the acting, the casting, the, dir yeah, and the direction. The unnecessary extra choreography. Yeah. <laughs> I swear that. No, here's the thing. Here's no, the the, thing. no, they fuck up the bending, dude. Yeah, like, the bending is like. It, 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 it pains like, me. <laughs> and they move one rock. Yeah, exactly. And like this in like the fucking anime Aang, would okay, like. Ang, Ang. Explode a fucking rock. Ang, he, 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 he has to push himself out of the room, right? He goes, and then he moves. <laughs> also, by the way, uh, these aren't real airbenders, the benders, because literally they have to have a fire source in order to bend fire. Here's the thing. M, M, M Knight really tried to make this like realistic and grounded, and clearly that was just not the way to go. That was not the way to go <laughs> at all. You had the budget. It's a Paramount production. You don't have to fucking do this. Uh, anyways, I'm going to keep going. Uh, even Tasm 2 was bad to some people, but others have made video essays defending Tasm 2, but I know for a fact that there is not a single essay defending The Last Airbender. The thing is that it's definitely difficult to shove an entire season into a movie, but it's possible. Here, the editing is bad, the acting is bad, and for the first time, I can actually say that this is a bad movie due to its accuracy <laughs> to the original show. I'm just surprised yeah. Paramount even let this get released. Who did this? I really need answers. <laughs> Who the fuck let this happen? And by the way, I don't know. I'm not even mentioning it. Ong, Soka. Ong, yeah. I Soka, swear to Ong, God, I, I was gonna chuck my phone at the TV, but it's an OLED, so I don't want. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the thing. This movie. Like number one, my number one biggest problem with that I have with this 
It's fucking racist, for one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Number two, uh, the fucking extra choreography that goes into fucking, like, bending. Like, if you watch the show, like, let's say just in, like, the Earthbenders, for one, there's that whole scene in the movie where there's, like, six dudes fucking doing, like, a fucking dance, and they move one rock. Yeah. One rock. When one air earthbender could fucking destroy a house if he wanted to. One person could destroy a house in the anime. When six people in the fucking movie need to move a rock. <laughs> it's like, those are my two biggest problems with it. Like, obviously, it's, like, super inaccurate to the, to the show and all that stuff. Yeah, basically, it's bad. It's awful. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, I listen. I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna hide my feelings. I really thought this movie looked cool, but like, that's not gonna save this movie. That didn't save this movie for me. It's just. It's just no. I'm. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Death Patel Zuko. De- Bring me more elderly. I think that's the only. Okay, that writing is bad too. But I think I think Death Patel as Zuko was wasn't a bad choice wasn't a bad choice. It wasn't a bad choice, but, like, I don't know. It's just weird that it's just, like, you know, all the Fire Nation needs to be Indian. All of the fucking no. Water Tribe needs to be white, even though in the anime they're fucking Inuit. Also... All the fucking... Also, they show <laughs> off... Need to be Chinese. They show... Uh, they show Zuko's dad, which hasn't been shown in in the first season. Right, of- and they show him. They show his dad. It's the <laughs> dumbest fucking thing, man. I, oh sweet Jesus, I don't. Uh, I, 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 can I move on? It's my show. I'm gonna yes, move on. Yes, you can move on. You're yeah, gonna move Jesus on. Christ. Okay, and we're not even Christian. This is this is how bad this movie is. Uh, anyways, um, moving on to the 28th item on the binge board. By the way, I apologize if I used the Lord's name in vain. I apologize. It's just this movie is really <laughs> bad. So I apologize if that was taken as uh offense, but I did not mean any. That was a joke, not an offensive joke. I'm sure. I hope everyone understands that this movie is really bad. I hate it. I don't want to watch it. And if my kids ever watch it, I'm going to ground them. I'm going to ground them. If, okay. say, if, I, if my kids say that, hey, dad, I want to watch this movie. I think it's really good. I'm straight up just going to ground their ass for like two weeks. That's how bad <laughs> yeah. this movie is. That's How, how many bad more movies movie do we have? We got like th- three more. Uh, okay. So here we go. Uh, moving on to the 20th item on the bench board. That being Eternals. Didn't see this one. Yeah. I refuse to see it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, here we go. So, uh, so despite the Rotten Tomato critics rating, I still want to go watch the film, and I loved it. Uh, I like it. I liked it. I didn't. I don't love it as much now. I like it though. I might have to watch it again, and then maybe I still love it. But anyways, uh, it does a lot of things that the MCU doesn't really do a lot. I do understand why half of the critics thought this movie, uh, or. Uh, I understand. I do understand why half of the critics that did not like this movie, uh, but Eternals was not a bad movie. At the very, very least, it's a good MCU movie. The performances are great. Visuals are stunning. The score is crispy. The story is really good. Uh, I'm not sure why they had to have a sex scene, but they did. And uh, most importantly, the Bollywood dance scene is painful for me, but I understand. Especially because fucking Kumail's not even Indian. He's well, Pakistani. No, okay, 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 okay. That that's not an excuse. I mean, Kamal not being <laughs> Kamal being Pakistani and not Indian. That's not the reason why I was pissed off at this. It's just like it's it's cringe, but it's all right. It's okay. I I appreciate the. This wasn't exactly 
volume it because there are, the lyrics are also in English. So it's not even like Hindi or anything. So, but anyways, <laughs> I digress. I the Bollywood scene was hilarious. That's the point of the scene. It's not supposed to actually be an accurate Bollywood dance scene. But for me, if I was really being, you know, uh, Jai Ho. Oh God! Stop, <laughs> please, Sean. Don't. That's my trigger word. Please, please don't. That's a trigger <laughs> word that that sends me into a Hulk state. Anyways, uh, I really like the film. Uh, I can't say much more than that. I'll get into it if I do a review. Review. Anyways, let's move on because I know time is on the clock. Here we go. Uh, moving on to the 29th item on the Vinge Report. That being my cousin Vinny. I haven't seen that one. I know Machio is in it, but. I haven't seen it. Mm. Well, I've had my eyes on this film ever since I took a semester in critical thinking slash debate. We watched, we had watched a scene from it, and I thought it was hilarious and interesting at the same time. Uh, I believe this was the third Joe Pesci film I've seen yet. Uh, this is such a f uh, fun classic. Uh, I don't say that a lot when I say this is a classic. I mean it. Uh, I said that in a weird way. Uh, I don't say that a lot. So when I say this is a classic... I mean it. That was better. Uh, now I'm gonna be honest. There were that was better. Uh, there were some moments in the film uh, where I was very entertained, maybe even bored. Uh, but in the end, uh, it paid off. Uh, there was also some '90s things that I guess I wasn't able to understand, but I don't think that ruins the experience. The film was on sale for five bucks, and I thought if it's a really good movie, then what's the point in spending four dollars just to rent it? Uh, especially knowing that the movie comes with a director's commentary, which I intend to go back and watch if purchased. Uh, the thing about Vinny is that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'll be done. Yeah. Dad's in my Anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just haven't eaten anything. So, anyways. Uh, especially... Uh, okay. The thing about Vinny is that in the first two acts, he's an established... He's established as a lawyer who has no idea what to do being a lawyer. Now, the thing that makes Marissa Tomei's character, Vinny's fiance, actually interesting is and important to the story is the fact that she is smart in the sense that she knows cars, uh, which is an important plot point in the third act. She also tries to help Vinny throughout the film in which Vinny yells at her and she just gives up. Later, she's dragged into the courtroom because the pictures she took with her camera was evidence that could only be dedu deducted by her. And that's what I love. It's similar to Michaela in Transformers, played by Megan Fox, where she is beautiful, but she's also very skilled and determined. Now I'm gonna. Now I'm not gonna sit here and act like Marissa Tomei isn't beautiful in this movie. Uh, in fact, I think she looked cute more than beautiful, uh, which I'm not saying in a bad way, but I digress. Uh, although I may want to rewatch this uh, before making any solid claims, I will say that My Cousin Vinny is a good film that has a great balance between drama mystery and comedy because i'm not gonna lie i didn't laugh as much as i thought i would maybe it was because i had seen the grit scene and that had set my expectations but uh i'll end the review here by saying that this is a fun classic uh that i wish i had seen earlier though i'm glad i saw it sooner than later moving on because you haven't seen this film so we're gonna move on to a film that possibly you have seen ladies and gentlemen people of course i'm talking about uh, the 30th item on the binge board, that being Mean Girls. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. But yeah, I this this is like a film that I think people should watch maybe entering middle school or entering high school. It's a good, like, 
I don't know, just a good, like, uh, what's the fucking word? I can't fucking think of it. But it's just a good movie to watch if you're in that sort of because it's like, you maybe you can relate to some things in it. Maybe it's just super out of the fucking universe and, like, you know, you don't even know what to think about it. Yeah. I don't know, but it, it, it's iconic. There's some very iconic lines in it. There's some very iconic moments. It's like, you know, it's a, basically the devolvation... Yeah, I can't even talk, dude. It's basically like the devolving of like a like a girl who's like you know nice and like you know wants to like be, I don't know, just be there for her friends, and then she devolves into like a monster because she gets in with the wrong crowd. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, it's iconic. It's a it's a very funny movie. Will I say it's like a great movie? No, nah, but it's enjoyable. It is a very enjoyable movie. Hmm. Okay, uh, I'm gonna get through this real quick because we also have uh, the 31st item, and then uh, we're gonna end the show there because it's already getting way too late. Uh, oh my god, this movie was uncomfortable for me, but it was great. It's like it's like that saying my mom told me once: if you leave a fresh apple in a basket of full of rotten apples, the fresh one would get rotten too. Now I'm going. Now I'm not going to ignore the fact that this movie is dated, as the whole plastics group wasn't even wasn't a thing when I was in high school. Uh, I like. I mm-hmm. love the message that the movie conveyed. I'd like to say that this movie is a classic. Uh, though I don't think I'm gonna watch it again anytime soon, or until someone else asks to watch this with me, because I like. I said this was a roller coaster of discomfort. Uh, but I really, really like this movie because of the message, the writing, the comedy, and most importantly, the character development. I think this will be my second Lindsay, uh, second favorite Lindsay Lohan movie, uh, with the parent trap stuck at number one. Uh, by the way, I haven't seen a lot of Lindsay Lohan films, so I've only got two favorites so far. And there you go. Okay. Uh, moving on mm-hmm. to the 31st item on the, the 31st and final. I don't think we're going to talk. Do you really want to talk about Spider-Man away on? I feel like. I just want to say like a, just a few words about it. I, I've got some time. Like okay. my dad just texted me. Okay. So let's finish mm-hmm. uh, this last one and then we'll get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, people, the 31st and final item on the binge report uh, is Arcane. I, I just started watching it last night, but already it looks like it's going to be a good time. Oh, yeah. Just like I do really like the, uh, the animation. Um, I'm not, I don't really know any of the League of Legends characters, like, the only ones I know, the only ones I know are Jinx, and, like, Wukong, but I don't think Wukong's gonna show up in this film, or this show, but, uh, Jinx, Jinx for sure, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to keep watching it, essentially. Mm Uh, okay, I'm gonna get through this. Gosh, this is really fucking long. That's what she said. Anyways, uh, I want season two right now. That's how much I love the series. This show makes me want to watch anime, which I will in the future, uh, but let me get into the report. I had seen the promotions for it and I was interested, but I had other things going on. I had, I had even added this to my list for later. Uh, then we had the Sam Raimi trilogy review. Russell said that it's the best show. He'd, uh, uh, Russell said Arcane is the best show he's watched in years so i was like damn that, then it must be really good started watching it it at about uh 5 or 6 p.m finished the entire season at 2 a.m the next day uh i know this may, i know this may be an over exaggeration but this is how i truly feel about this series uh this show isn't a really good show this show is a masterpiece of a show masterpiece sorry masterpiece masterpiece uh look 
we all know the show has great visuals. I can talk about them all day, uh, but the visuals aren't the only thing that is extremely high quality. The story, the score, and most importantly, the voice acting. Everything in this, to me, is extremely high quality. I haven't seen this type of quality in an animation since The Mitchells vs. Machines, which is also on Netflix. Uh, okay, I think I brought this up before, but I'll bring it up again. Netflix isn't always perfect. They do push out consistent content, but most of the content isn't good, or only a few people like them. But then there are some rare gems that come from Netflix that just has us beg for more. Uh, this specific animation style is what I want to see more often. A lot of people want live action adaptations, but a lot of times they just don't live up to the original material, let alone surpass the original. The show is called Arcane. Uh, the show is called Arcane League of Legends. I have never played League of Legends, and yet I was still able to enjoy the series. So there you go. There you have it. Nice. Okay. Um, anyway, I'm excited to watch it. I'm glad <laughs> you should watch it. I have yet to watch Squid Game, so we'll see where that goes. But anyways, uh, Ooh, never mind. It's good. It's good. It's really good. It is? Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll take your word for it, Sean or Steve-O. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, people, I'm going to add this in post, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, people, uh, a quick couple of words from Sean about Spider-Man. No way. Okay. Home. So, by the way, I, I want everyone. Wait, is it going to be spoiler or is it spoiler free? Spoiler free. Okay, spoiler free. Go ahead. So here's the thing. When I was so, because I know you went over No Way Home. Well, so that's kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah. So basically, I was like, when Spider Man No Way Home was gonna come out, like months and months and months ago when they announced it, I was like excited. Like I was like, because with MCU, I don't like it, but the thing that I'll get excited for is always going to be Spider-Man. Mm. But, um, so I was trying to avoid watching trailers so I wasn't spoiled. But, you know, I went to so many fucking movies yeah. over the last few months that I saw all three of the trailers. So I, my excitement for the movie went from like, oh, yes, I'm super excited to like, I'm going to be disappointed because I basically could like see through the trailers exactly what was going to happen. Mm. And I went to go see the movie and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> However, there were some things that I was surprised by. And like, I even there at one moment and it kind of felt like weird, but at one moment, like I was just like, come on, come on, do a Disney, do a Disney. Come on. And then I was like, yes, they did it. Good job. And then some <laughs> guy next to me in the theater was just like, five and i was like oh yes. really dude I, <laughs> yeah. I, I i'm pretty sure i know what you're talking about but i was hyperventilating <laughs> that that moment so i really was, you can ask I was like, this is... go ahead i was like yes but um so it started basically the thing was is i was starting to get over, like really tired with the movie like before that happened because I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. This is going to, this is like, there. he's going to, basically, if you've seen the trailers, like, obviously the villains from the other Spider-Man movies cross into this place. So, um, I, I just knew that something was going to go happen with the villain that was going to, like, um, that was going to continue the story. And then, basically, when I was watching and they brought, like, you know, certain people in and I was like, 
yeah, okay, yeah, this is cool. So I walked out of the movie very excited, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, I predicted what was going to happen, but, you know, this was still a really enjoyable movie. Let's say a week, like, we're, we're around a week after I saw it, mm. and I'm just kind of like, yo, I don't know if I would have, I think it went from me being like, I love like, okay, I don't think I would have liked this movie enough if it was just for like just as it's as it stood if i like hadn't seen any spider-man film at this point i probably would have seen it and been like that was good that was an okay movie yeah but yeah um yeah so i think if you want to go see no way home you gotta be a spider-man fan you're gonna if you go and see it just casually you'll i think you'll like it you'll come out liking it but it's just a different experience if you're a spider-man fan yeah um <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean and, and that's the thing is like uh i i i said this before and even russell said this like it's impossible for a spider-man fan not to love this movie let alone like it and yeah. so um I, I i had no doubts and um it would be nice if you if, if you want if you would actually join me and russell for the review review once it comes out on digital then uh that'd be nice <laughs> yeah, to see you sure. on there for the for the home trilogy because I I would like yeah. to see your thoughts for those, but um, yeah, no, um, I mean, what? Okay, what I let me ask you a question, and I know the the answer is obvious, but would you say this this is the best Spider Man film? No, I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it's the best Spider Man film just because it relies on so many different things. Hmm. I'd say the best. Like, I mean, if I was gonna say. The best Spider-Man film, in my opinion, it's uh, it's always Spider-Man Two. Oh, like the the original Spider-Man Two. Oh, I see. And then, I then I would say it would it's it would probably for me it goes Spider-Man Two, The Amazing Spider-Man, then oh where's uh, uh, where, then Homecoming. Where's the end of the Spider-Verse? End of the okay. I I mean in the in the. Oh, in the li- in, in the, live action space, yeah. In the live sense. action, yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's Into the Spider Verse number one. Okay, good. But in the in the God, live action Spider Man, Sean, God damn. Right, <laughs> and in the live action Spider Man, it's uh, Spider Man two, um, then the original. The oh, sorry, Homecoming, Far From Home, the original, and then, uh, damn, I guess. Actually, No Way Home is the best one from the three, but then I would say Homecoming, Far From Home, then mm. uh, I guess Spider-Man 3, and then The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> okay. I know Far From Home is very low on that list, but... Yeah. No, 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 I don't have Far any... From, there's a very big gap between Far From Home and <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get, yeah, I get what you're saying, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I don't have too much to say. I once again, I'm gonna get into full. I'm gonna get into that once we get into the review review, uh, the redo of the review review. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that, folks. But um, yeah, we we got them all, Sean. We got them we all. We did it. We did yes. it. Yes. Uh, high five. High five. Uh, uh, oh no, no, you got it. You got it. You got to make it look like. Oh. You got to make. It, yeah. Here we go. This uh, way. Yeah. 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 There we go. Uh, we, a little, uh, little bit of sided action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways <laughs> ladies and gentlemen people this has been for taste Funk fridays uh like i said before uh 
maybe I might. I mean, I'll call up Sean in advance if I do decide to do this two weeks, every two weeks. But honestly, I think this is going to be the last one for like right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Fata- Listen, Fatay's Family Fridays isn't going to die anytime soon. I just want everyone to know that. I'm still going to binge. I'm still going to watch movies. I'm still going to watch shows. Okay. Even Sean's still going to do that. And I don't know where, yes. I don't know where Sean's going to stand. I don't know whether or not he's still going to be wanting to do Fatay's Family Fridays later on, but like, well, we'll see, like, after this next semester, if, like, I have to fucking get a job and shit, like, you know, it might be different, yeah, but yeah. at this moment, like, you know, I'm just gonna be making my film, I'm gonna be doing my internship, like, hey. that that's what I'm focused on right now, and I can squeeze in some Fate Filming Fridays if that means, like, if I can. And and but, that's the thing, that's, that's the reason why I mm-hmm. want to make it once a month and not every two weeks, so, yeah, there you go. Um... But yeah, that's about it. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope you all are having a great time uh, during the holidays. And uh, uh, I'm not gonna say too much because honestly, like, I'm I'm I, I might be a content creator, but like, I'm not like super serious about it. Like, if you like my content, you know what to do. If you don't, then you can just leave. But um, yeah, that's about yeah, it. Get out of here! What are you doing yeah. here, scrub? <laughs> but anyways, and people, that's all from us. We hope you all have a great rest of your day or night and happy holidays. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye, everybody. All right. See you later.